Blog Talk Radio. The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to 
Corey Sproul or Vinny Zolar. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are. Peace, 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 family, peace to you and yours. This is Noble Edge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, this is your host, Brother Blue Pill, all right? Very soon to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red, all right, family? Welcome you back to another powerful episode of KTL Radio, all right? Uh, Tonight is a special program. It's a special broadcast. Uh, almost what we would deem an emergency broadcast. There's so much going on in the world. We want to, you know, collectively put our minds together so we can put it in perspective. You know what I'm saying? Because if anything else that we know, we know that as much as things appear to be out of control, God is always in control. You know what I'm saying? So we have to find that through line, tap back into that energy, and find ourselves so we can bring order, okay? So we have a special show put in place for you tonight. We have a special guest. Um, We have some dialogue. We have special information to share with you directly from the ground, right out of Baltimore that you're not hearing about. It's not being reported. It's not being underreported. It's not being reported at all, all right? So we have uh, every intent and every interest to bring that to your attention because, you know, for the family, you need to know what's going on, okay? Remember how people suffer, perish from lack of information. All right, so let me get everything situated in this chat room. All right, give me one second. Let me check something out. All right, let me open up this line. I believe the brother Red is calling in from this line on the 646 line. Is that you? Peace. Peace, 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 peace to the family. Welcome to Notre Ledge Radio. All right, this is your co-host, Brother Red Pill, live and direct. What's good? We're here. We're in the building. Uh, You know, of course, I just explained to the family this is a special broadcast. You know, we're bringing this broadcast in the interest of the people and um, family out there. You know what I'm saying? Yes, indeed. Shout out to my family. Okay. 
Indeed, there's 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 not many times, you know, that we've had conversations, and you know, I I, I be like family. Yo, um, I might not be able to do this tonight. It's, it's just too much, you know, bearing down on my soul, and it's too much, you know, what I'm saying that I have to uh, contend with in terms of holding up, you know. And this this might have been one of those nights, you know what I'm saying? This might have been one of those situations I I had, you know. Yesterday was, was one of the most trying experiences I, I've ever had in my life in terms of, you know, what I had to face and what I had to deal with, you know what I'm saying? And processing all that took place and to be able to, to be here, you know, with a a sane and able mind to speak to you coherently and dialogue and, and deal with filtering all of this other information to get it out to you yeah. in this laser beam fashion. It's an amazing feat of the human mind. It's, it's an amazing um, testament to endurance and, you know, to the dedication of what it is that we do. Indeed. So, and, you know, the beauty of live broadcasts such as this, you know what I'm saying, in real time, you know, the same studio, you know, we in these streets, you know what I mean, and there are times when our real life experiences, well, I, I would say every episode, but more so there are those special times where tragedy and real life events spill over into the show. You know, and that is the fabric of the realness of a show like Know the Ledge that appeals and attracts, you know, the family. You know what I'm saying? Because not only can they relate, but, you know, they're able to see that both Red and Blue, our guests, we go through real-life issues the same way that anybody else does. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we're not exempt because we're quote-unquote conscious. We'd be meditating and, you know, eating kale salad and stuff like that. Like, that doesn't keep us away from the uh, the horrors facing in these communities and things like that. So I want you to talk about what happened yesterday, what it is that you're referring to so everybody could be clear. You know, we have a better understanding of, you know, the traumatic experience that you witnessed you know what I'm saying? I'm giving you props and kudos. You know, I was just talking to a friend earlier about the fear that I had when I got that phone call from you because of the day that I was having and a certain vision that I was picking up. And um, I'm just glad that you, you know, weren't harmed. You know, and I'm glad that you're here. You know? Hold on. Brother Rich in the building. <laughs> hold on. Rich, hold on. Rich going to give us a shout-out. Hey, what up? It's Brother Rich, Underground Railroad, just ran in the Red Pill in, uh, in Harlem World. Peace, peace. Uh, just did an interview with Blue. You know, we're building on some powerful topics. Y'all make sure y'all check that out on the YouTube channel, Black Magic 363. Oh, yeah. But I'm going uh, to let Red go. I'm on my way. But peace to the family. Peace and love to the family. All right. Indeed. Peace. <laughs> What's up? All right. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, shout out. Yeah, shout out to Brother Rich. Shout out to um, 
Underground Railroad, you know, this was a particularly powerful episode that we put down this evening. You know what I'm saying? Definitely recommend it. The family checks it out when it drops. I'm sure that that's what he's on his way to go and do, you know what I'm saying, to filter that into the stream. And even for so, the archive, you know, for the family that's listening to the show, to put a face to the voice, to give a visual aspect, and also uh, a different level of um, information. Because, you know, on these little 30-minute segments that we have where we open up the show, we're not being interviewed. We don't really answer a lot of questions. We don't get to talk about topics that are, um, you know, in the news and things of that nature. That's We decided to do that online and collaborate with the different mediums, the different channels like Sonata TV, Black Magic 363, which is affectionately known as Underground Railroad, uh, Turtle Gang Entertainment, and also Nodalesh TV. So, you know, I'm just sharing with the family. If you do have the time and chance to do so, because I know that's the new TV, YouTube, check it out, Black Magic 363. Right. It has an extensive catalog of videos from not just Bread and Blue, but Professor Griff and Zaza, Dick Gregory, uh, many other luminaries in the community. But please continue. Yes, um, in the midst of observing all of things that were taking place in Baltimore, I was in Flatbush with my comrade Majesty, and we were doing the knowledge. We were getting, you know, second by second, minute by minute, blow by blow, reports of things that were taking place in Baltimore from people that were in Baltimore, and we were also observing what was coming out on the news, and we were seeing the difference in reporting, you know what I'm saying? And we were yeah. doing the knowledge of that, like, look how they're underreporting this, you know what I'm saying? Look how this reporting is slanted. Look at what they're not talking about, you know, so you can see where the fear is. You can see where what they don't, by what they don't put out, what they don't want you to know, you know what I'm saying? Those are actually the areas that they fear the most. That's the things that they don't want to catch on. Those are the right. videos and, and the commentary that they don't want to go viral. That's what they don't want, you know what I'm saying, people involved in. So, you know, it it, it also was a, um, happened to be a, a very solemn day, you know what I'm saying, because we had to go to a wake to, uh, you know, um, bear farewell to a friend of ours we grew up with, you know what I'm saying, and this young brother transpired um, unexpectedly, you know what I'm saying, at an early age. And this individual who was very liked in the community, very popular amongst people, you know, magnetic personality, somebody who had the ability to pull several hoods together, you know what I'm saying? Like our brother yeah. Disco, you know what I'm saying? Like Darian had the ability to um, bring Merch. hoods together, people that normally wouldn't get, yeah, get along you know, there's always that common denominator factor of a person that comes along and can bring people together. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes, sir. You know, what we're going to reference a little bit later, I wrote somewhat like a, 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 a lightweight eulogy, you know what I'm saying, and I was speaking about qualities of leadership, and we're going to even get into that in the topic of tonight's discussion because everything always ties into the next thing. So, you know, that that brother has entry level leadership skills. Somebody that's able to do that with their magnetism, that can bring people together from 
varying different places that normally wouldn't be together. That person has entry-level leadership skills. You know what I'm saying? That's how you identify the leaders in your community or the organizers for that matter. So, you know, this 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 young brother, you know what I'm saying, named Chill from Flatbush, you know, his wake was yesterday, and um, that's what we were heading to do. That's what we actually head out to do. You know, we took a break from the monitoring of the incidents in Baltimore and the reporting, you know what I'm saying, because we was blogging in real time and everything as well sharing our information with the rest of the world. Take a Do you break. what channel? you want to share that? Oh, yeah, streetknowledge.nyc. On Twitter? That's our blog. That, um, streetknowledge.nyc is a website. It's a blog, bro, that we've had up since 2007 with over mm-hmm. 20 million views, yeah. So, no, I know, yeah, but your, your Twitter you know, handle... My Twitter handle? I don't. I don't Twitter handle do for Twitter street things. knowledge. I, it might be street knowledge for all I know. Street knowledge TV or something. I don't know. I don't know the Twitter. I don't follow the Twitter thing. I just do the website. Okay. So no yeah. So we turn to the boys, you know, and everything is just. It was just like um. I don't want to say deja vu. It was nostalgic. You know what I'm saying? Every time that I come back the Flatbush, the place of our upbringing, you know what I'm saying, our home, you know, Flatbush, like everywhere else, has changed, but there's certain parts of Flatbush that just haven't changed, you know what I'm saying, and especially when you bring the elements of the people that we grew up with that come together, Flatbush goes back to the 90s, you know what I'm saying, yeah, it's a time, you're in a time portal, so we're standing around people that we grew up with who never seem to have aged and everybody's talking about the same stories from the 90s, even though they're applauding us to say, yo, we see what y'all are doing out there on the YouTubes and on the streets. You know what I'm saying? We commend you, A, B, and C. But it normally goes back to talking about something we did in the 90s, Grind, somebody that's grinding. no longer here. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we talk about the times and everything of that nature. You know, so I get up to the venue I see a contingency of my homies right away dat people up, you know, and I feel somebody tap my shoulder. I turn around. It's my partner, Sharif. Now, this individual, Sharif, the best way I can describe him is, you know, I'm off the break. This is a quadruple OG, you know what I'm saying? But the Baltimore was the wire, or the wire was a depiction about Baltimore. There was a block in Flatbush called Argyle Road. That entire block was the wire. No, Back. money and violence. You know what I'm saying? Calm down. All oh. right? Money and violence is a, a, a retelling of the wire. It would, I wouldn't say that it wouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's loosely based. And I'm here with a, 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 a quintuple OG, Jackie Rowe. And she says, so-so, I'm saying, if there wasn't a wire, would they have a template to build money and violence upon? Mm. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Peace, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She 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 had to qualify, you know what I'm saying, my, my, my take on it. But let's just say, because I want to make the connection to Baltimore as well. 
in Baltimore in this environment and the fact that people, right, what we give our energy to in terms of entertainment is able to be palatable as long as it's entertainment, but when the shit becomes real, we can't seem to deal with it anymore, right? So The Wire, entertainment, people's best show, from the comfort of their homes, they're able to watch the story about, you know, they're depicting 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds on the wire, getting busy, getting it in, and right. dying. Mm-hmm. These are the same 9 and 10-year-olds that are now 18, 19, and 20-year-olds that are turning it up in Baltimore, and people are like, well, oh, my God. You know, where did this come from? Oh, like, who, yeah, exactly. Who, who we didn't know. Like, they're animals. Well, we don't forget the like, corner. The corner Either. before that, the TV show you know what I'm saying? Corner. So, yeah, the TV show, the corner. So these environments, conditions that have produced these environments have become palatable for American society as long as it's fed to the society in the form of entertainment. It's very palatable. It's digestible. The deaf culture. We can digest it, yeah, and we can't wait to the next serving, okay? We lap it up, and we buy the box set. And and this is what we digest, and we're so moved by the narrative, you know what I'm saying? And we're so enthralled by the way that David Simon can take us through the whole spectrum of the story, you know what I'm saying, to show us the politics and show us everything, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we don't have any connection because in our mind, these are not real people. They're entertainers. The actors are real. Can I ask you something? Okay. Yes. Could it be the fact that David Simon was steering it or coaching these players that, let, that lent a level of comfortability to the viewers where they were like, this shit can't get too out of hand because the Caucasian is behind it. But when you have a situation where there's no coach, where there's no, you, you know, there's no Coach K on the floor, there's no European behind it scripting it out, it's just us. This is when this shit is too unbearable for them to handle. This yeah, is when they it's, lose their bearings. It's disastrous. It's disastrous. It's nasty. I mean, just the whole concept of it being in our face, just the concept of it being part of our reality, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Now it is condemnable. Now people have the ability to say, I want to turn my TV off. Now they can say, this can't be real, all right? Mm -hmm. But it's a reality. So what I'm saying about Argyle in the 1990s is this this was a one-block strip of land, of real estate, nestled in Flatbush between million-dollar homes in Kensington Park, Flatbush. This one strip, I'm talking about as long as a football field, family, epitomize what you've seen on that TV show. That's how busy they was getting on that block. Real talk. Mm-hmm. And all of the most notorious blocks in Flatbush are only one strip. Regent, Tennis Court, Argyle. One block, yeah. One block. Two firsts. Have produced some of the most, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, um, battle-scarred, tried-and-true individuals, you know what I'm saying, who have gone into their outer environments and become leaders and creators of waves that you still are celebrating today. Now, again, 
I identify this as entry-level leadership. You know what I'm saying? The fact that there's no institutions for these people to express themselves in leadership roles, they have taken that talent and that ability, and they have honed it in the streets because at the time, that was what it was. You know what I'm saying? So there's no incubator. This individual that we're talking about, yeah, in his younger years, he was a man-child. We're talking about, keep in mind, in the late 80s, early 90s, the children who were 15, 16, or 17-year-olds, these were the ones that were the leaders of drug gangs. These were the ones that were the leader of intellectual street movements. These were the ones like Rakim who were making classical albums. There was something about like that Mike generation. Tyson. These, Yes, Mike Tyson, right? And I'm here with Tyson's sister. So, you know, she can tell you all of those stories about all of these OGs. Mm-hmm. And how they cut their teeth in, in Brooklyn when they was 13, all right? Not 15, 16, 17. That was old in the streets of Brooklyn. We're talking about 13 and 14. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this was during that era when this brother was flourishing, you know what I'm saying, as a man's child in control of that environment, all right? Um, expressing and exemplifying leadership skills on that level for what they were called for because that what was called for at that time when you were growing up and living in a war zone. You know what I'm saying? And he was able to control the, the commerce of that particular area. Okay? Um, you know, like majority of people during that era, his reign came to an end. You know what I'm saying? And he, uh, you know, was sent up north. And when he ended up up north, he went through a transformational period, you know what I'm saying, likened to many other people that we know go up north and they transform and they come home and their leadership skills are that much more sharp. And, again, it's going to lead directly into a nice program. One of those individuals that we know is Malcolm X, you know what I'm saying, who went into the system very hard and, and he came out, you know, sharpened. He came out sharpened, and that tool was now one that was focused on slaying the dragon. That tool was focused on aiding and assisting his people in terms of securing their proper place in the minds and the eyes of the world. You know what I'm saying? In defense of your people, all right, as opposed to your people being the food on the plate. This brother was able to do this during his long stretch. He transformed many people behind the wall. A.A. Rashid was one of those people who were a recipient of this individual's tutoring, mentoring, you know what I'm saying, and the example that he led to show that you can be a gangster and still be a leader about positivity, about information, about intelligence, about integrity, about honor, you know what I'm saying? He came home with the code intact. So when he came home, this brother was the manager of Saigon. He put Saigon in the game, you know what I'm saying, and got Saigon moving. When he was able to navigate and move through the game, because this game was a New York game that Saigon wasn't invited to because he wasn't a native of New York City. But the brother came through, you know what I'm saying, with the pass, and he made that possible. All right? So he put that in motion, you know. This brother also, you know, the minute that he got home and I was able to see him, 
he commended us for the job that we were doing at the time that he came home. I was writing a newspaper called Four Corners, and thanks to my brother Rikers, Rikers used to send him every article, every you know, every paper that we had out. He would send it up north to where he was at. You know what I'm saying? And this brother put the majority of the people in the penitentiary onto us. You know what I'm saying? So not only based on what it is that we were doing in the streets prior to that, that we had a pass throughout the entire New York City correctional facility, you know what I'm saying, based on the infamy of how we was getting it in the streets, but they were also able to benefit even behind the wall from the transformation that was taking place by way of the information we were disseminating through these mediums. So the brother came home and used his weight and his leverage to get me a meeting to become the editor-in-chief of the Source magazine. Shout out to his homie, Che. You know what I'm saying? I took a meeting with Ken Rosario, and, you know, she railroaded me. She was intimidated. And Dave Mays had issues with us when we was doing Four Corners because we did an expose on him and Benzino. So it, it didn't work for whatever reason. It didn't work. But his brother still used his weight to make sure that we had that position. He came home, and he founded multiple foundations for children. His dedication and his life work was towards children like what Tookie Williams was doing in terms of changing his life around, you know, and dedicating his life to the children to undo the damage that he had done when he was in the streets, okay? So this story is important because of redemption, the redemptive quality that is necessary for one to come into true leadership, okay? And at this time, as we're seeing what we're seeing in these streets, all right, we see that the children have the energy. We see that the children are fearless. We see that the children are determined. But the children lack the leadership, okay? The children lack the leadership. The children lack the um, cohesiveness of, of, of the rules that were intact. You know what I'm saying? They are left to fend for themselves to put these things together in the midst of engagement, you know what I'm saying, on the battlefield while they're doing war. This is a direct result of us losing our generals. This is a direct result of us losing our leaders. You know what I'm saying? And we're doing it to ourselves. So let me fast forward to yesterday when I go to the wake, all right? So like I said, I seen the brother. I was going to wait until I came outside. And let me go back to what you were saying. What I was going to discuss with him is setting up an interview with the cast for Money and Violence. All right, because the character of Rafe, Rafe is based on Sharif. That's his OG. That's who he's getting his gems from and utilizing his platform to dispense the rules that were missing in the game back in the fucking game. All right? This is the, the design that they put together in order to get these children up. All of them were there and everything. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, this is, a, you know, we're here for a wake. Let me take care of business first. I go inside, I sit down. It was so much different energy in the building, you know what I'm saying? Like different people from different hoods and everybody was like tense. They was just, you know what I'm saying? Other people, it was a social gathering for them. You know, they was dapping it up and laughing it up and everything. And other people, they were just stone-faced. Like you can tell that these are the people that are still in the streets engaging in street activity and they punch the clock just to come and show homage to the homie, you know what I'm saying? You feel me? So 
everybody was tense and, and just like on point and just observing. And then the 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 actual um, you know uh, the wake started, and then this preacher comes up and says, "Yo, I'm not going to talk about children tonight. I'm going to talk about Jesus." So homie goes on for 20 minutes, right, on his rant, trying to recruit people into the church. Yo, if you die tonight, make sure that your life is straight with Christ because you can't go into afterlife without your life being straight with Christ. So if you die tonight, and he kept saying that, if you die tonight, and everybody's looking at each other like, yo, what is he talking about, B? Like, we love our life. Ain't nobody coming in here thinking about dying tonight, even though, we're looking at a brother, again, who reminds us that life is very fragile. It could be here one second and gone the next. You know what I'm saying? This brother died in his sleep. He didn't die violently. He died in his sleep, okay, peacefully. So we like, yo, and he just took the opportunity because he was in a room full of what he perceived to be as the media has castigated and called out people thugs, you know what I'm saying? This is what he decided that he was going to take the energy to direct his sermon towards. And it changed the energy in the room. And a lot of people got up and left. Sharif was one of them. Okay? So I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. And the, the money and violence dude, he got up and left. He came there for a second. And he was talking to some people. Then he left. Miz, right? The shooter. So like four minutes after he leaves, you know, they said we're going to line up to do a second viewing of the body. So we get up and we go to line up. And as me and Majesty's walking to the door, Rikers is behind me. We walk into the door, cut the corner, I walk into the door, which is the door near the foyer of the, the opening of the, of the venue of the door. That's when it just starts raining. Like, third, like, you feel me? Like, whoo. Like, they was letting it go. Damn. And I'm just talking about pure pandemonium. You got a church packed to the rafters. Now, this like brother was... People. It was 300 plus. His brother was of Latina descent. You know, Spanish, uh, Taino, whatever you want to call it. God damn it, I ain't going to get caught up in these labels. So there was a merging of culture. He had his folks in there, and our folks was in there, and we was one. You know what I'm saying? I'm seeing the beauty of it. Like, damn, like, we really want people, man. Look at this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, like, they 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 got dealt. Like, I, I seen the fear on people's face, man, that I'm so uncomfortable with. You know, I seen grown women just falling out. A lady fell out right in front of me. Imagine she had a heart attack, B. I had to get into something that I'm not trained to do and save her life. I had to put all the chi in my hand and just start rubbing on her back and rubbing on her chest and just getting her, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody was hysterical. Oh, she's dying. She's that chill. Just calm. Now I got to calm them down and calm her down. I had to pick her up. She was a little overweight. I had to pick her up, put her on the chair, you know what I'm saying? And we had to calm her down and bring her back. I thought she, I didn't know if she was shot or not. You had to resuscitate her? But the lady said she got a heart condition, huh? You had to resuscitate her? Well, I used the energies of my hand to just put that spark back in her, and I was just rubbing on her back and rubbing on her heart. You know what I'm saying? I didn't trust Salute for that, man. No. Yeah, salute for that. They they locked the front door. 
so we got to go out the back. I head to the back, right? Now I head to the back, and we get to the back, and the gate is locked, but then everybody's crowded into that back hallway. It's a five-year-old screaming at his lungs. I don't want to die. 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 We got to calm him down. His mother's holding him. I had to grab him and say, you're going to be all right. You're good. We got you. Calm down. He's holding on to me for dear life. I'm looking at his face. He will never be the same. You understand? Then the little girl, she's crying and screaming. He's like, call 911. Call 911. I'm like, calm down. We we got this. Just chill. You're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Bring him down. We calm him down. Like I said, the gate is locked in the back. So now we got to go through the front. As I leave the back hallway and move towards the front one more again, now we pass the group of them that are hovered over the casket. They've got people blocking Chill's casket. His casket is open, and they're hovering over the casket, protecting the dead body. Peace and blessings be upon his, you know what I'm saying, eternal soul. He shot his funeral up, B. Man, so we come out, step over the slugs in the foyer, all right, because it was an exchange of fire. And we open up the door and come outside. I see my man on the fucking floor, B, with the police of all people, the irony, the police trying to resuscitate him, putting the last air in his lungs. Irony. Pure pandemonium outside. Everybody's in pieces. There's bodies everywhere. You understand? So immediately I'm reminded about Tone because I'm on Flatbush Avenue. It felt like one of those airy nights when we went to his wake, and right away Sandra, Tone's sister, grabs me. You all right? You seen Raul? Tone's younger brother. No, I ain't see Raul. Yo, it's so bugged that I'm seeing you here. So she's holding me. Then Robinson is going berserk, right? We got to go and we got to grab Robinson. Calm him down. Chill, chill. He's like, yo, that's Sharif. Really, he's trying to get over there. We can't let him go over there and see that. He's going to bug out. You feel me? So we have to drag him, take him to the whip, send him off. The police started yellow taping everything off, said it's a crime scene. You know, we standing there, and the police dude had the nerve to start smirking and laughing. So now we're running up on the police about to scrap. You know what I'm saying? All of the women are holding us back like, no, we can't do this. Da, 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 da. Yo. And then I'm walking by people from his block who known this dude all his life. And they're like, they hokey-dory. they like chit-chatting on the side and shit. No remorse in their face. You know, that that you don't see no humanism in them, like no response to what they've just seen. We've been so removed from who we are, that we're not even phased when we see the loss of life anymore. This is dangerous. The place that we're at as a people where we are only moved by entertainment, all right? This is the same audience, like you said, that probably put money and violence views in the millions, okay? And eat that like food as entertainment. 
not necessarily for the jewels, but for the violence. Come home from the situation and I'm turning on the news and I'm looking at Baltimore and I'm getting more information pertaining to the things that have taken place in Baltimore. And I'm like, yo, this is not white. This is not black. This is very gray at this point. You know what I'm saying? This is very gray at this point. Like, where are we at as a people? You know what I'm saying? Who exactly is our true enemy? Can we identify it more if we willingly are doing this to ourselves? feel me? And the police are making culpable excuses to say, hey, if they do it to themselves, shit, we could do it to them. You know what I'm saying? Why should we have the opus, uh, the onus of having all of this responsibility when they show none, when it comes to, you know, value in life? So, I don't want to continue too much further, um, you know. I, I I just want to send a rest in peace to the family of all of our fallen brothers, sisters, childrens, elders. You know, we have to institute some song, some form of reformation in terms of how we view life and how we view death. You know what I'm saying? The process of sending one into the afterlife the proper way that, you know, we prepare that way, you know what I'm saying, and we play our part seeing our family off. It's imperative. We are breaking cosmological codes. We are doing things that have not been done, you know what I'm saying, in our history, in this country. You know what I'm saying? I can speak for that. So... If my brother Wesley is on the line with us at this time, please press one on your phone. We're going to read the introduction, and we're going to get into the program. All right. Give me one second. I'm asking what. number he's calling from. All right, that might very well be his line. I'm going to chance it. Let me do this introduction, and we're going to get into the tonight's program. KTL Radio presents It Takes a Nation, featuring our brother Wesley Muhammad. Join us tonight on Overledge Radio as we discuss, dissect, and do the knowledge to the escalating drama on the streets of Baltimore, Maryland. What exactly is the media not reporting to you? How is this slanted reporting being used to sway the national conversation in one way while leaving out the totality of the topic at hand? At a time like this when our people are looking for leadership and direction, what role can we individually play? What role can we play as an organization? What exact role is the Nation of Islam as an organization playing in the midst of all of the drama? What are the details of the historic truce between the Bloods, Crips, and the BGF? We will be joined by our brother Wesley Muhammad to discuss these topics and more and set the tone for intelligible conversation as opposed to the gibberish being presented 
and erroneously labeled as nudes. The ambivalent attitude amongst our people will also be addressed. Question is, what side are you on? Or are you capable to understand the broad spectrum of divergent points slash cases being made without being judgmental? Tune in tonight, and our lines will also be open to hear testimony from residents of Be More reporting from the front line. Okay, family? So with no further ado, we present to you Paula from the 678-463, Brother Wesley. Peace. Peace. Peace to the gods. How are you, beloved? Greetings, family. All is well. You know, my condolences, Brother Blue Pill, for both of those losses you you shared with us, and my condolences to the families of those brothers. Indeed, my brother. Give thanks. <sighs> yes. Yeah, so you know, as 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 a resident yourself of a city that is war torn, you know, what I'm saying as brothers such as yourself that has expressed. This undying, un, unending love, you know what I'm saying? Then you are somebody that uh, I felt was, you know, qualified to have this conversation about how one is to maintain this level of love, this level of optimism in the face of such, you know, challenging, trying times. Yes, sir. When 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 you can no longer really put a face, you know, to yes, sir. Who exactly is your quote unquote enemy out here? Because if you turn your back too long on somebody who is cloaked in the fabric or the skin tone right. as you, that might be very well the person to push that sword in your back or that bullet in your spine. Right. You know, for entertainment purposes. Right. That's real. Well, you know, first, peace to your audience, Islam, to the family, to the listening audience. I'm honored, yes. man. Whenever the pills call me, I'm tremendously honored because, you know, I respect the work you guys do, how you put it down. Um, Regarding your question first about maintaining optimism in the face of such apparent tragedy, actually, Phil, this is the most optimistic time ever. Yes. Because we are seeing what we've never seen before. We've seen, as the Honorable, we are seeing right now. We saw it in Ferguson. We're seeing it in Baltimore. What the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has described as the fulfillment of the hope of our ancestors. We're witnessing the generation of fulfillment. When I watch the video of the high schoolers, the Baltimore high schoolers going out to protest 
getting accosted yes. by whites, drunken whites, and instead of breaking out in song, instead of breaking out in prayer, and instead of turning heels and fleeing, they fought, and then the cops come. And like the Intifada in Gaza, they didn't stand down from the cops. And you see cops. You see them punks picking up stones. They losing all the corn. They breaking protocol. They breaking up stones and throwing stones back at them. And the mm-hmm. young gods and goddesses were pelting them. That yes, they were. is the source of they my were pushing them back. They were pushing them yes. back. They were fearless. They were advancing. That's yes. We are witnessing the generation of fulfillment, the generation that is not imprisoned by the fears and the diplomacy and the material ambitions that our their parents and our parents imprisoned us in and are trying to imprison them in. And so what Ferguson signaled to me when at Catholic University they said to the older leadership, stand back. Y'all ain't got this no more. Where they publicly shamed the traditional named leaders, Christian and Muslim, and let them know that their way is done, that they got now. That was such a power move because the youth, they did not wait to be handed the baton. They snatched they took and, it. and shamed right. the Negroes, Muslim and Christian and Jew and white, shamed them and said, we got now. And we see them to more the youth saying, we got now, and they are literally fearless and fighting Satan. So this is the most optimistic time ever because we're witnessing the, for, for the coming of age of the generation that was born to take the for fight to right. Satan. Yes, the fearless generation, you know, who... A lot of people, okay, especially in this community, have spent innumerable amount of time and energy lambasting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And being critical of and finding all of yes, their sir. faults and stretching yes, those sir. faults out, you know what I'm saying? Like yes, we would stretch out intestines, you know what I'm saying? Their faults, yes, sir. Their faults are tightly wrapped but you would expose the fact that those intestines are a few miles long, so we've drawn those faults out for the yes, world to see. Yes, we have. You know? And now we see a yes, situation where the same youth who we feel are so unqualified to lead themselves, first and foremost, them being the future, as well as setting an example for the elders who have lost their bite. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And now we still see a situation where the outer public, 
you know what I'm saying, or the quote-unquote larger majority of elders are now trying to chastise these youths for the actions that they have taken without saying, look, how can I help? Right. Okay? Right. I'm humbling myself. Is there anything that I can do? Right. You know, right. what will it take to open any lanes of dialogue where there can be a bridge built between the two to bring about effective leadership? Right. Because the young warriors need guidance. They're not soldiers yet. The warriors with the proper guidance. They can be disciplined soldiers in an army. The problem is, you know, the saying is old men for counsel, young men for war. But it didn't say old men for pacification. The old men that are trying to hitch themselves or take or commandeer these young warriors, they don't have wise counsel and military strategy to offer. They have pleas of pacification. And that is not what these young warriors need. And they are saying, F y'all. They are literally saying, F you, Jesse. F you, Sharpton. F all of y'all. Because they know that what Allah has deposited in them, in their spirit, they refuse to let it be quelled by the pacifying efforts of older ones. And I was disappointed with my brother and Morehouse comrade, Pastor Jamal Bryant. We were at Morehouse together. We did the yard together. And I have great respect and admiration for Brother Dr. Jamal Bryant. I was so disappointed to hear him on CNN say that justice and peace are polar opposites. I'm sorry, justice and violence are polar opposites, that they have nothing. And he is calling the youth to his church empowerment temple to train them on nonviolent tactics. I was so disappointed to hear that old, tired rhetoric and methodology being redeployed by someone who is young, who is vibrant, who is powerful, who has the ear of the youth, but he is trying to sell the same wore out, unworking method to this new generation. I love my brother, Dr. Jamal Bryant, but that the nonviolent, the day of nonviolent protest, that day is done. That day is done. We are past the era of protest. Justice will not come to us via hashtag and protest. Justice will come to us when we make America fear the consequences of not rendering justice to us. Nothing short will put us in a situation where we live justly in this society. But without the... Indeed. <clears throat>
that fearlessness puts fear, puts fear in the powers that be. And if that is guided across the nation, the necessary, we will achieve a critical level of fear in this country that they will have to render justice by us. We don't want them. It ain't about Black Lives Matter. Not for them. We misdirect that cry. Black Lives Matter should be the internal cry. The cry for white America should be justice or else. Not value my life, white people. We were never pleased Mm. with them successfully to get them to value our life. The Black Lives Matter campaign should be internal to black America. The cry to white America is justice or else. In Ferguson and Baltimore and Tulsa and Florida, that's our cry to white America, justice or else. And the or else they got a glimpse of in Baltimore yesterday. Yes, I want to um, inform the family what you are being told on TV is underreporting. Okay. I'm sure that we're going to have some people that are calling in later from Baltimore. Some people have possession of police scanners. They know exactly what took place yesterday in Baltimore, especially Mm -hmm. last night in Baltimore. They are not telling you the skinny on what took place in Baltimore yesterday. All right. For the record. So we're going to flesh that out definitely at some point on the show. Um, you know, I just wanted to state that so the family can know. That's you know, they got a lot busier than you think. <laughs> they got a whole lot busier than you think. You know what I'm saying? And I would, this is the last place, there's, you know, maybe three places on the planet. This should be the last place that they instigate and push our people to, uh, you know, show their hand. That's Baltimore. The right to say Chicago. Hmm? To, to righteous indignation. They don't want to push it. These yes. are the places you're enumerating are the places you don't want to push to righteous indignation. I'm sorry, complete, complete, complete the list. Yes, you indeed. Baltimore, um, Chicago, and... Yes, at, at some point it was New York. Mm. But I don't know if we were on that list anymore. I would say New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? to a degree, you know. And I think that it's worth noting when we mention these things because the European is so tactical tactful with dissecting incidents that he likes marginalizing things and dealing with it from that point, right? His divisive tactics are only to deal with one thing and say, well, why are you so mad? Like, you guys are pissed off. I'm so amazed. Just because of this, one guy got killed. No, you forgot about right. Katrina? Right. Right. You forgot about right. all of this? Right. Like, let's just deal with it. We could talk post 9 11 and bring right. our grievances to the table, the unmet justice. Right. You know what I'm saying? About the genocidal attempts. We had this show on Friday where the sister Anna E. came on the program and she detailed 
the actual definition of genocide according to the United Nations, and she spoke about all of the um, felonious tactics that these municipalities, which are themselves, you know, corporations, are taking against our people. And all of this is being funded by commercialism. It's being funded by capitalism. You know, our people are only being used for other people to benefit from at this particular time. That's your relationship with your oppressor. And why do you love the devil? Because the devil gives you nothing but takes everything from you at this point. When will enough be enough? And why are there people that are vouching for this devil? Well, beloved. So, I mean, as, as, yeah, as a person is scholarly, you've been to these institutions, you've been around some of these people who may feel the rafters of what we can call the, you know, the elite amongst us in terms of in academia and things of that nature. You know, I'm sure some of them, like the brother that you were talking about earlier, went and started filling the empty seats of privilege throughout this country for people that look like us. They have institutions of privilege that are set up for these people. You know what I'm saying? And these people have now become the mouthpieces that speak down on these activities and what have you and, you know, chastigate anything that they deem, quote, unquote, embarrassing that our people would do. Right. Right. So, you know, what, what, what is it that these people see that we don't, that they're so, you know, convinced that this is a situation that will work itself out? Or maybe on the last day of Obama's presidency, he may do something. Or do they feel that nothing should be done at all and we're just bugging? Right. Well, I am not of that elk, so I don't see through their glasses. So I can't tell you what they see. I don't know what the hell they see, Um, except that they're clearly blind and don't see. I would, my assumption is that they are acting less off of any particular vision of the future that they see and more out of fear. Fear the white man. And we honestly don't believe that we are capable of truly overturning the current paradigm of white supremacy and black inferiority. So they feel that the best that black people can hope for is to etch out as comfortable an existence as possible. This is why mothers and fathers drill into the heads of black children, go to college, go to college, but for what? Get a job, get a job, get a job. The most that black folks can see in this world, the best that we feel we can hope for within this current paradigm is etch out a comfortable existence. They have no concept Mm -hmm. of overturning the paradigm. They can't fathom the end of white supremacy and black inferiority. So for them, they just see 
young high school students, reckless high school students, foolishly putting themselves at peril, uselessly, um, unnecessarily, and to no constant or positive consequence, putting themselves at peril by throwing rocks at police. They don't know that what God sees is the Joshua generation coming up, the generation that is born to topple this current paradigm, the generation that is getting what what I'm sure he saw on the streets of Baltimore after the schools let out yesterday. He saw the training, the practicing, the coming of age, and the getting in the gym for the first time of some of those soon-to-be soldiers that will be responsible for doing the inconceivable as far as the Negro is concerned, toppling white supremacy. Now, let me be real clear. The top, the, the overturning of this paradigm of white supremacy, inconceivable to the so-called Negro, it is absolutely not inconceivable to the white supremacists. They have embraced the reality of that inevitability and have been planning strategically, meticulously to avert that inevitability. But the Negro can't see that. So it's not their vision, it's their fear that such rabble-rousing will either get us killed or piss white folks off so bad we will lose the little creature conference comforts that we've achieved since the days of slavery. In my opinion, Indeed. that's what we're dealing with. Indeed. Indeed. <clears throat> and what, you know, this is just for the observer, you know what I'm saying? There's probably people that are on social media, you know, that are probably people that are on the workplace, that are probably people that reside maybe in the same neighborhood as these individuals. There are probably people with some of these people in their family. Yes, what sir. would be yes, sir. your suggestion <laughs> for dealing with, right, what would be your suggesting, suggestion for dealing with this type of mindset, you know what I'm saying, and this brand of Negro? Well, I guess it depends on how close to home he or she is. One, one we got to understand, and again, that's what, this is the relevance to the hashtag to me. You know, Black Lives Matter, but in my remix, which I think is more appropriate, all black lives matter. That should be our cry among ourselves. So with that being said, we've got to understand those so-called Negroes who don't have the proper vision yet, who can't see reality for what it is yet, their life still matters. They are part of that all, and all black life matters. So we seek the preservation of their life, in these trying times, we want to get them over the Rubicon River, if you will. So we mm-hmm. can't cut them off, especially if they're family. We can't cut them off. We have to be patient 
with them, but one, we try to intellectually explain it to them as best we can, but the reality is most of us have been conscious for a long time, and <laughs> our our folks have been non-conscious or unable to see the vision from the beginning to now. So our intellectualizing, you know, has not worked. With some of us, it has. For most, I believe, the inevitability is going to is going to move them out the way. We want their life preserved, but and for example, inevitability struck like lightning Jesse Jackson in Ferguson. He didn't want to retire himself. But when he went to get presumably a Big Mac in Ferguson and he yeah. drove through that drive-thru and them young soldiers accosted him and let him know they ran his butt up out of there, that Indeed. inevitability moving them people out the way. So Jesse has been quiet. Now, Al Sharpton just made a beeline to be to be more. He just made a beeline. So did to so did Jesse. Yeah. So, so and he, he said said Jesse popped he, up today as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see him, but I don't hear him. Right. He's going to. Don't hear him. I right. see Jesse's going to photo bomb, but I think when lightning struck in that McDonald's parking lot for him. I think he got the message because it was called on video and it went viral and the world saw it. Uh, <clears> he got his walking papers just like McDonald's has. Yeah, so they both are uh, a dinosaur. <laughs> I, 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 absolutely. That's the and like you said, he's been neutered. He's, he's been neutered because absolutely. he's only seen, absolutely. he's not heard anymore. He was absolutely. at the funeral, but CNN ran 24/7 coverage of the loop of the quote unquote unrest that took place after the funeral. Interviewed yeah, every single melanated talking head, you know that they could pull from out yep. of their Memorex or their iPhone contacts. And Messy Jesse did not show up once. He did not. He did not. He did I not. He so he's been neutral. effectively neutralized. And that's there's the a new there's a new gang in town. Yes, sir. And then inevitability will strike with all of them. It eventually, it because this thing is going, this thing is a fulfillment of prophecy. I, uh, that's real. This is black prophecy. Black life is sacred life, man. This is black God life. So this thing is going to come to its fruition, whether the devil likes it or the Negro likes it or not. So inevitability will happen. It won't ask for permission. Yes. It will happen. Jesse got that lesson. So it's going to keep happening. Brother Wesley. Yes, sir. I want to touch on something that you brought up earlier in your presentation when you spoke about this new generation reincarnating what we affectionately term as the crystals and the indigos. Um, you know, we call them the youth. You know what I'm saying? And this new energy that the youth has undeniably, you know, as we can all see, those who can see and those who can hear, 
will realize that when their energy is directed in the right way, when they're able to focus on, you know, a future or a vision of the future that includes them, there's nothing that can stop them. Now, going back into our parents' generation, um, people, I don't know if I even heard this today when I was listening to the commentaries, although I did hear a lot of different commentaries from brothers and sisters on the ground of on the grounds of Baltimore, quote unquote community leaders that reminded me what brothers and sisters coming out of a quote unquote chocolate city supposed to sound like. I was thoroughly impressed with the thoroughly fact that impressed. the minute the mic turned on Absolutely. the brothers leaned completely into the system. They did not let up. I'm speaking about brothers from the ground of the Chocolate City. I'm not talking about Absolutely. the talking heads and other brothers, Absolutely. you know, these these familiar faces the that they used to dance. Absolutely. Absolutely. They were going I in. I thoroughly impressed this Congressmen, uh, community leaders. Absolutely. I mean, they did not, they didn't come up for air. They, they went right to the source. Um, Absolutely. I don't know if our parents realized this, and I didn't really hear it being said in such a degree where it rang as a soundbite, but the civil rights movement was enacted by a youth movement. These were high school students, family. These were people who, these were students, the same thing that you saw yesterday, who came out of school and joined a movement that was compromised of elders, statesmen, other brothers and sisters from uh, the clergy and whatnot, and they kick-started a campaign that garnered the attention of the world. They were taking, a, they were catching fades up and down. These were children, okay? Yes, sir. These were babies. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The spirit, the spirit of the, of those babies, those indigos and crystals of the fifties and the in the, the late fifties and the sixties and whatnot. They ushered in a new era because that's what they were sent to do. Okay, these are our parents, fam. These are the these are the these are these are some of the people who succumbed to the crack era and other um, government programs and neutralized them later on. But those 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 brave spirits, those brave souls, are what you see when you turn your TV on. You see those youth running around, putting in that work because they are frustrated. They know that all of the marching and singing, you could come up with new songs. You could come up with new hashtags. You could come up with new ways to, um, you know, wave the white flag. They were observant the same way that many of us were observant. And we come from the show me state. Ironically, the show me state is Missouri. And we know that shit don't work anymore. Right. And right. then you've realized that no, I'm not. I'm not being docile in the face of brutality and quote unquote terrorism on my home turf. Right. I'm gonna do what works, and what works is I'm gonna turn up because they they call the right. turn up culture. If we, if you're not familiar yes, with, with turn the turn up culture, this is the turn up culture. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And <laughs> and they turn up, and what turn up means is you know. For my enlightened brothers and sisters out there, that means that their chakra wheels start spinning. And that shit, you know, from the red all the way to the blue, their the chakras just start turning up. And they, and, they, and, they, and they wake up. They turn up. They transform into something. And um, 
like Blue was saying earlier, yeah. if you and, only and saw the outbursts of it, might be jumping on cars and it might be flipping over cars and and what have you. But you know, this is this turn up culture. You know what I yes, mean? Sir. Yes, sir. Like if if, yes, sir. if 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 you see him in the club, if you see him, that's what they do. So right. this energy is on the planet, and those people are younger than you, so they're going to be here longer than you. Yes, so sir. irregardless, you know what I'm saying, they are going to be the benefactors of the keys to the mansion. Are you willing to talk yes, to your children and work with them? Are you willing to learn who and what they are? You created this energy. This is not a foreign entity, unless you want to play that game. Then you also got to draw the line in the sand and figure out what you're going to do about it because this is your future. Right. Yeah, right. when you was listening so, to DMX, now, you can see now, Yeah. I'm just playing. I want to take this time, though, to commend and to salute our brother, Brother Carlos, the youth minister out of Baltimore. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. I had the privilege, you know, Allah works in mysterious ways. This was um, last year, earlier, I, I would believe it was in March. Um, I was going through, you know, I was going through my, 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 everybody goes through their spiritual awakenings and they go through their thing. And I started frequenting Mosque Number 7 on Sunday to listen to the lectures. Yes, sir. You know, um, As a matter of fact, this was after the demonstration that I witnessed in um in Brooklyn. Okay? Right. At the at the hip hop festival, you know, with the FOI and whatnot, and I was so thoroughly impressed that I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and, 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 and pay homage to these brothers and sit in at their lectures and whatnot. And the first lecture that we I went to appreciate that I, camaraderie, beloved. Of course, of course, you know, um, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, I was honored to be there, and I was honored to be in the presence of the a youth minister who I sat there and listened to, and I looked at this brother's poise, I looked at this, I listened to this brother's message, his humbleness, the way that he was able to tie the wisdom that this young brother had, brother That's Carlos, brother, and I, minister Carlos. I said I would never forget that man, fast forward to the other day. The minute the Saturday when the when the when the quote unquote protest and the and the, and the uh, unrest took place, you know I saw an image of brothers and sisters in the nation of Islam lined up, looking very strong and powerful, and right in the middle of that of that uh that collective was my brother the brother Carlos, you know, and then later on I saw some images of the brother being instrumental in a gang truce, you know, that has garnered worldwide attention, not just nationwide. This is being broadcasted around the world, and it was, you know, unfortunately the uh, law enforcement of Baltimore decided that they wanted to usurp that monumental right. occasion with propaganda Absolutely. to say that these gangs were coming together to take lives of policemen when the people... You know, I don't know if the people are, are wise enough or, or, or fast enough with their memory that they remember they did the same thing when the shooter came to New York City from Baltimore and put in a work on the two cops. Right. They used the right. same right. 
tired ass script about the BGF, Absolutely. the Bloods and the Crips Absolutely. coming together, you know. Absolutely. So because we know they, that this they is. It just recycles his effective lies. That's the one thing about, no, he's true to if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Every lie that works, he recycles. Because they keep working. They work it. You know, whenever you hear somebody yeah, talk I, I, about I, intelligence, things of that nature, you also have to factor in deception and propaganda. You know, these are modalities of uh, warfare, family. You know, um, you can't trust anything that you hear at this point. So fortunately for those of us who have developed our own form of media and we not only, you know, took that warning of not being, not trusting and seeing, not trusting things that you hear and see anymore, we took it a step further out of the realm of conspiracy and developed our own form of media to to the fact that we get phone calls from the grounds in, in, in Baltimore. We get phone calls from Ferguson. We get we get the, the, the skinny in this electrified age where information travels at the speed of sound. So we're able to get the real reports. Yes, sir. And, and, and we're here to tell you that that's BS. The Bloods and the Crips were utilizing their influence to spread peace in Baltimore. They, you and know, those brothers snatched the, re- the reporter and laid the truth bare. You, I'm sure you've seen it, family. If you haven't seen it, the Bloods and the Crips approached the reporter and said, we want to speak, and she acknowledged it. Usually when she tried to get young black men, especially wearing colors, to say something on camera, they flee from her. But they went and grabbed her and said, look, we want to set the record straight. And those black gods, or those melanated gods, set the record straight and made it clear the purpose of the unity. And they're about justice, not about no damn police or, or taking out police. It's about getting justice for Brother Freddie Gray. And they were very articulate and clear and authentic that that is right. BS what the Baltimore Police Department put out. Can I share something I with you, Brother Wesley? I do my brother, student minister, Carlos Muhammad, who is the local representative of the Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan there in the city of Baltimore, Muhammad Mosque Number 6. Brother Carlos led the troops so magnificently and we were able to take control of the city in a way that the police were not. We were able, and these are what they're saying in Baltimore, what not what both white and black observers are saying in Baltimore, that to the extent that order was preserved, in Baltimore yes. last night, on the mosque number six, Brother Minister Carlos and the fruit were intricately responsible for the preserving and reestablishing order in Baltimore. Why? It's because Brother Carlos and the fruit 
and the MGT were always integral in working in the community. People ask that that asinine question, what are the Muslims doing? We're doing or what are they going to do? We're going to do what we've been doing, and that is protecting black life, fighting for black life against all of its threats. What these folks don't understand is, and you made the point so wonderfully, Blue Pill, unfortunately it was a an unfortunate example that you were able or had to use to make the point, the point of black life doesn't matter to black people. So here is a brother laying on the street, and we're numb to it. And you made the point that the most immediate threat often is veiled in melanated skin, what folks don't realize. The Freddie Grays and the Michael Browns and the Tamir Rices and the Eric Gardners and the Trayvon Marks are slain sons and daughters by white cops. If we log them on a seven-day week, those tragedies, we will have to confine them to Saturday and Sunday. But Monday through Friday, it's a type of tragedy that you witnessed, brother, and was a part mm-hmm. of experience, brother Blue Pill. Monday through Friday, yes. we are burying our babies at our own hand. And so Monday through Friday, we, the Nation of Islam, are in the community working to stop our babies from being our children, from being murdered. All black life matters right. to us seven days a week. But you niggas, not you, you niggas just appear Friday and Saturday. You, mm. life only matters to so many of you folks on, Friday, on Saturday and Sunday. But black life matters in the nation of Islam Monday through Sunday. And so we are out in those other areas where black life matters and doing what folks do for whom black life matters. We're in the hood. We're in the – I go door to door, red pill and blue pill, in the – most dangerous areas in Chicago. And face-to-face with the killers in their environment trying to stop the violence. Because black life matters seven days a week, not just on the weekend when white folks come out and kill us. So Mm. that's why of the situation because we're on the weekend now, but Monday through Friday, they were already there doing the work. And the people already knew them and knew the work they were doing. So 
what are we doing? What are we going to do Saturday and Sunday? I'll return the question to y'all. What the hell y'all been doing Monday through Friday? We ain't see you. We see you in Baltimore Saturday and Sunday, but we ain't see you in Baltimore Monday through Friday. We don't see you in Chicago Monday through Friday. We don't see you in New York, Harlem, Monday through Friday. What y'all doing Monday through Friday? You twiddling your, your thumbs and playing Xbox. Waiting for the weekend so you can go hashtag. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. D. You ain't never lie. And you you answered eloquently a question that I was going to ask next, and that was, you know, what do you attribute to the effectiveness of our brothers and sisters from the nation, you know, mobilizing at a street level and also, you know, receiving that level of respect. Yes, sir. Our seven-day work people week. People are falling That's in line. That's what it is. Our seven-day right. work week. If, if, if anybody is listening and they want to emulate that success in their environment, you would suggest that, you know, they approach this and, 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 you know, take it on like one would take a job on. You know what I'm saying? Become a career activist. Right. See, the reason Brother Carlos in the nation had success is because the fact that they and we are out there seven days a week the people know that for us, black life truly matters. Man, so many of these people, it's clear that black life matters. Is this a hashtag for them? And so, and black life only matters to them on the weekend. Black life only matters to them when that black life is snuffed out by a white man and has national publicity. For so many of these people, those are the only black lives that matter. That's the only time black life matters. But the people in Baltimore and other places, they know that with the nation of Islam, black life genuinely matters. Black life matters is not a hashtag for us. And so that's why when Brother Minister Carlos and the fruit, that's why they were able to snatch the young up by their collar and manhandled them when they were doing wrong. They did it with respect, but they did it. These are you that they, are packing. They're not going to let any old nigga just snatch them up by the collar and, and mm-hmm. obstruct. They hustle, not they hustle, but Carlos in the front. Right. Turn down their turn up. Snatch right. them up. Yeah, turn down their turn up. But Carlos, brother Mr. Carlos in the fruit, were able to snatch these young soldiers by the collar when they did get out of line, and they accepted it because they know that this strength is buttressed by authentic love for black life. And that's because they proved it to them Monday through Friday while everybody else is playing Xbox. Hmm. Whew. 
Now, what's next? You know what I'm saying? Which is a question on a lot of people's lists or their lips. Should I say the same? Once this stops, you know, there will be or another they feel one. right. Oh yeah, no, there would be another one. The what? The answer to what's next is very easy. Baltimore follows Ferguson, just like whatever city of is next will follow Baltimore. That's why people don't need to chase these tragedies like you are tornado chasers. You don't have to chase hmm. injustice in the city and the consequences like it, like you chasing a tornado. It will visit a city near you. Yeah. That's guaranteed. There will be another Ferguson. There will be another Baltimore. That's guaranteed. Why? Because Allah is unleashing the devil on us today, Brother Blue Pill and Red Pill. See, there's a sense in which, and, and, and I try to watch my language, but here, I just got to keep it 100. We've earned this ass whooping. And Allah is allowing us to take this ass whooping that we earned. So there will be another, there will be multiple Baltimore's. You don't have to mm-hmm. run for Baltimore. It's coming to your city. I promise you that. It's going all over. The vipers are stinging. The American angry white man is unleashed. Many have badges. Many don't have badges. But the angry white man is unleashed. The vipers have license to sting us because in 2015, we still think we can protest and sing in justice from white people. And you know what? The more, mark these words, the more we protest for justice, the more cities of injustice are added to our list. It's karmic. It's karma. You, in 2015, so silly that you really think you can die in and plead with white people to give you justice, then karma will show us the folly of that because we will be robbed from city to city, from circumstance to circumstance. We'll be robbed of justice so routinely, ad nauseum, until we get the memo that you're not going to hashtag and protest this devil to give you justice to value your life. And until we get that memo, read it, and act on it, only then will, will things move differently. But it's coming. That's what's next. Another Baltimore is what's next. Multiple Baltimore. Can you share, is there any directive coming down directly from the minister in regards to how the nation is to, uh, you know, pretty much um, respond nationally since we do know that, you know, these things are impending and and hood to hood, you know what I'm saying, and our people are in being engaged by media regardless of wherever their seat is, you know what I'm saying? So this is happening in Baltimore. Carously is taking place in people's living rooms, and the discussion is, is at the water cooler 
and it's on social media, and it's on the bus and the trains and everywhere else. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. He has given us a directive, and that directive is make all men and boys join the FOI. What do we mean by that? See, those young warriors who fearlessly tossed stones at well-armed police, they're warriors. They need guidance. They need training. And so they need to be made FOI. Not that they need to necessarily join the mob. That ain't what this is about. But the FOI are set up to go out to train these warriors because this thing is going to end. If anybody is entertaining an outcome that does not involve a fight, you're silly. Hmm. That's wishful thinking. Stay asleep. Don't ever wake up from that dream. Because in reality, there is no way things will end without some measure of fighting. You will not, we will not get justice in this country without demonstrating that we are willing to fight for it. But in this day and time, we don't fight for the sake of fighting. We must fight to win. The only relevant fight, the only true fight, the only fight worth us risking our life for is a fight that we can win. And so we need to train the soldiers, men and the women, because we fight the police. Let's keep this real, people. The Nation of Islam, we we have a history of fighting the police and winning. We know how That's to right. fight the police. Let's keep it clear. Keep it real. Check the records. We know how to fight and win. So well, I'm not saying that we are going around training people to take out cops. We're going around our, our objective, make all men and boys join the FOI, our mandate is to do what we can to help prepare black people, train black people, value their life, and then and defend their community. And necessary to defend their life and community, to defend our premier rights, to defend our Hadia Pendleton. That's what we are doing. And that's an inalienable right that can never be retracted or taken away from people, all right? Never. And that is a God-given right, right, we are for self-preservation, we just self-preservation. We just refuse that most basic, inalienable, God-given right. We refuse to exercise that. We happily submit ourselves to the slaughter of white people so long as we can nationally protest it in front of cameras. When it's done, we're good yes. with that. As I was speaking of earlier, I had an interview with Brother Rich, and I was, you know, they were asking me, you know, about the condition of our people and what makes people, our people, so fearful. And I call it reverse alchemism 
saith, we're the people of the sun. Yes, sir. Then they are. have practiced reverse alchemy with us, and we are fearful of lead. Whereas yes, the trick of alchemy is turning base metal or base lead into gold. So now the element that we resonate with as sun children is gold, but we are fearful based on a projectile, a piece of lead, Saturn. So these Saturnian forces, which are Greco-Roman and Zionists, all who pay homage mm-hmm. to Saturn are using lead as an element, bullets, okay, military, to keep mm-hmm. us passive, to keep us docile, to keep us in fear. Nobody wants to die. Everyone wants to hold on to this dream. Everyone wants Absolutely. to stick around long enough to see if this shit is going to manifest. And I'm not. I'm seeing it manifest no more so placing in the conscious community. Right. Right. Absolutely. These niggas more so than anybody Absolutely. want to the hold irony. on to this shit. And they have so much that they seem the to irony. lose that nobody wants to put their fucking foot in the water. That's All right? Real. But keep on faking. In debate after debate after debate, that shit is evasive. You are fearful. Yes, it is. You are deflecting yes, what's in is. your face because you are scared. Yeah, it is. Sorry, but that's what it is, man. That's exactly what it is. And if people can't see that for themselves, it's like, come on. Everybody else can see this. Everybody sees it. But but we're so intellectualized. We're so smart. We just dumb. And that, that so describes, characterizes the the conscious community today. I'm sorry. We're so smart. But this so, is that time. Uh, this is the fruition of yes. time. This paradigm will be upset, and it takes a turn-up generation to turn over a paradigm. It takes a turn-up generation to turn over a paradigm. Indeed. Um you know, my you know my phone's ringing off the hook. Yeah. Let's make it do what it do. <laughs> no, I ain't talking about the callers. I'm talking about the comments. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but it is what it is. Yes, sir. So, Absolutely. you know, at the same time, what uh, what what they mad at us? Are they mad at me? No, nah, I'm. They're probably mad at me for my comments, but okay. Anyway, well, I, you know what I'm saying. I, I, I take that. I, I I'm so tired of you know, these folks being mad. No, at no, me, no. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I let no, you no, have I'm, it. I, I let you have it. I'm tonight. on front with it. Yeah, I, I got this. <laughs> me, I, I, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, I got sir. this. You know what I'm saying. Because you know, not only you. is it is it time to prepare, but you know, this in house cleaning it has to be done. Absolutely. You feel me? It does. So it is what it is at this point. But more so, um, I know that there's a level of mobilization being taken place in terms of you have called, or the minister, should I say, has called for an anniversary of the Million Man March. Is this going to be taking place in D.C.? Absolutely. October 10th in D.C. And it's not just for men. It's for all of the family, and it's justice or else. The 
20 years ago at the Million Man March, the message was internal. The message was stand up, black man, and take responsibility mm-hmm. for self and community. Atone for our irresponsibility as it relates to self and community. Today, the theme is we're speaking to the government, justice or else. And so this is coming to a head. There will be more Baltimore's, more Ferguson. This thing is not going away. This is coming to a head, and the Honorable Miss Lewis Farrakhan will specify to the government before the world precisely what the or or else is, precisely what the consequences will be of this government continuing to refuse a whole people Equal justice under the law. Now, the or else, let's be clear, the or else isn't a threat by the minister or by the nation. The or else comes organically from the chest of people. That righteous indignation does not need to be legislated. No one gave an order to the youth of D.C., to respond with the righteous indignation that they responded with, that came from within, within the chat. So right. the or mm-hmm. else is an organic or else. The consequences of continued deprivation of justice are organic consequences. Nobody has to call those into existence. God called them into existence, put the consequences in our chest, and time and circumstance will make them pop. When it comes to D.C., October 10th, it was 1.7 million 20 years ago. It's going to be multiple millions on October 10th. The time is right. The time is right. And now, the urgency right. is rich. Yes, sir. In terms of vision, you know, because I do consider you a visionary. You know what I'm saying? I would like to know, not only for myself, but for people as well that may be listening, those that have uh, a level of skepticism, they might have a little toe in the water. You know, we might be edging them to put the big toe in. You know, what what does justice look like? What does victory look like? You know what I'm saying? Like how far are we willing to take this, and what are the demands? Yes, sir. Now, you know, when I went to Ferguson, when I spoke at Ferguson, you know, I said I wanted justice. I said what we should want is justice for Darren Wilson. That's the justice that we should be seeking. Mm -hmm. And... Of course, that raises the question, what does justice look like? So the question is, what is, I'm from the God, I'm from the Father's sense. Justice is justice. It's a reward or penalty for one's deeds right. or actions. Justice is the reward or penalty for one's deeds or actions. What is justice 
for Darren Wilson? What is justice? What is the penalty for his deed or action? What's the just penalty for his cold-blooded taking of our brother's life? What is the just penalty for the officers broke our brother's bond? You know, they white folks now got six million ways to kill us. <laughs> they have six million ways to kill the black man. Now they're killing us by snapping our spine. What does justice look like? Now, you know, we can, per case, we can approach that question generally and generically, and we can approach it specifically in terms of the specifics. Specifics, for example, in the case of Freddie Gray, this system, the justice system, does its job blindly. And those officers, those six officers, are found culpable in the death of Freddie Gray. Then, of course, they should pay the maximum price, the maximum penalty under the law for that crime, and the family should be compensated. Now, on a generic level, the more broader level, what is justice for all of the hell that white folks have heaped on black folks globally and in America? What is justice for white I just that just like I advocate justice for Darren Wilson, I advocate justice for white people. And the problem is black people don't want white people to get justice for their deeds. They have killed too many people, too many black people, too many melanated people on the planet so callously, so unnecessarily. And so jovially for so long, justice is required. So ultimately, we talk about, we can talk about justice in specific cases, but ultimately, we have to reckon with the reality of justice for white people. And I would say the first step, the, the first beginning of the penalty phase for white people is the end of white supremacy. And so black folks, we should focus there. Their loss of the right to steward the human family. They have not, they have shown themselves incapable of ruling the peoples of the earth with justice. So they have lost the privilege to do so. They must be taken, removed from the reins of power. Just as it went down in Egypt with Mubarak, it was determined that his rule was unjust and tyrannical, and he lost the privilege right. to rule. He was forced from power, put in a cage, his crimes were read against him. Now, 
you know, that may seem like wishful thinking on my part, but that's precisely the problem. Only a Negro is unable to fathom the end of white supremacy. A black revolutionary must be able to to fathom and envision the end of white supremacy. White supremacy always and forever exists with black inferiority. White supremacy never exists independent of black inferiority. So as long as white supremacy is a reality, black inferiority will be a reality. And damn the black man and woman who is content and happy with the reality of black inferiority. We must envision and fathom the end of white supremacy and black inferiority, and that should be our plan, and that should be our strategizing. Yes, we make small steps, small battles in a bigger war. That's military, that's appropriate and responsible military planning. Nice national planning, nation-state planning. We do it in increments. For white folks, what Dr. Chancellor Williams, one of the most important observations he made in the destruction of black civilization. He said that white folks are different from black folks in that white folks look down the wheels of time and pre-trends in development and they make plans today to prevent those trends in development. White folks Mm -hmm. stand and strategize in the future. We must plan and strategize in the future. And the ultimate aim, strategic aim, must be the end of white supremacy and the end of black inferiority. Now, the fact of the matter is that can be, that's a more manageable, more accessible, more acquirable reality than we think. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says black excellence is the end of white supremacy. We can strategy black excellence military weapon. Black excellence is a military weapon. So all of these black power agendas that don't incorporate beautifying, if you will, the black human being, if it doesn't include raising the humanity of the soldiers, then it's a black power strategy that ultimately is doomed to fail. Look, man, if only God, can we say Satan is a God. So if we are not living the life of God, if we are not strategizing our life to evolve our personal excellence, our personal godhood, and that army disassembled is not an army of superior human beings, then it's a wrap. But that's why the nation of Islam does what we do. 
We go in the hood to stop the killing and transform black life. That's what we do Monday through Sunday because we are clear what the end game is and we are clear about what it takes to achieve the goal. A nigga ain't going to defeat Satan. Only a God will defeat Satan. So you got to be the nigga. The niggification of the black man to your strategy is doomed to fail. You won't beat Satan. What we do is transform black life, put black individual black people on the road to becoming superior human beings. And it's a superior black human being and only a superior black human being that will topple Satan. Top of this end of period. Peace, hello? Peace, yes, sir. I was on my soapbox. My apologies. Yeah. No, 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 you good. My phone dropped like a minute ago. I just called right back in. Um, <laughs> I asked you to say that again. You know what I'm saying? The will not defeat God. I mean, the devil, only God will. Please do. Yeah, no, a nigga, a nigga, a nigga can't beat the devil. The nigga was made by the devil. God made man and white man made nigga. The nigga is the Frankenstein of American white supremacy. Mm. If any and all of our strategies for justice, for the toppling of white supremacy, if they don't include a plan to transform the nigger back into a God, if it doesn't include a process that actually denigrifies, then all of those plans are doomed to failure. Because a, only a God, a greater God, is required to defeat a God. And our open enemy, the white man, Satan, he is a God. He is the God of this world. And we will not topple him except we grow into our greater Godhood. And we can do that now. You can do it. I can do it. Our babies can do it now. Toppling white supremacy is a real reality because black excellence is a real reality, a tangible and acceptable and acquirable reality. But we don't want to do the hard work of qualifying ourselves to be real soldiers. That's why I say the young brothers and sisters in Baltimore, they're warriors, they're not soldiers yet, but we need to get them and guide them and grow them into soldiers. The soldiers we were growing into are not the soldiers like and unto those who register for Uncle Sam. They are soldiers that not only know how to fight, but they fight as gods, as superior human beings, transform their life and give them that added power, the power of God is that Satan won't have. Yeah, 
Just keep it real. The stones, the bottles, the guns, all of those will be used in a real fight. But the difference between us and them is remember when Muslims don't carry guns, but yes. when the police came with their guns, we took their guns and used them. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad mm-hmm. didn't say don't use guns, said we don't carry guns. And so the, the reality right. is. The gun, there's a difference between a gun in the devil's hands, a gun in the nigger's hand, and a gun in the black god's hand, a righteous Muslim's hand. There's a difference. And because the power of being the righteous, there's real power in that, man. That's why Farrakhan walked the earth like he walked with power. Magic in because it. he's Farrakhan. That's magic. That's what they, what they call magic. That's real. That she yeah. is real, man. That yeah. You generate it when you that move with the force of trillions Absolutely. and legions of your ancestor forces That's when you real. are righteous on your path and you have divorced yourself from fear and you're moving through this world with that sword of fire surrender justice and if That's we can real. get enough of but us look, to get to that point and get past fear we will not cannot be defeated like look i'm gonna go on the ledge right now fuck it that's what i do mm-hmm. on my way here know the ledge same as you know it many that's other days throughout this week you know yeah in the western <laughs> part of the sky there is a light that is bigger than any star or any planet that you can identify in the open sky i have asked metaphysicians Deep niggas, conscious niggas, you know what I'm saying? Yo, my dude, you read a million books. You was in every school. Can you tell me what that light is in the sky? Oh, you know, they start intellectualizing and shit like that. Right, right, right. I take right, the camera right, out right, right. and zoom in on the camera, zoom in on the image, and they see a diamond shaped object that is changing all sorts of colors. And mm-hmm. giving off all sorts of different lights and vibrations. I'm like, nigga, do you know what it is or don't you? You're so deep in your Safe. goddamn studies that you can't even Safe. receive and and, and, and and tell me what it is that your eyes are seeing. You want to get all right. deep in me about what another Safe. man but, told but, you? But, but, but what it is, but I suspect it's this, God. It's not that they're being so uber intellectual. It's that they're being so uber intellectual, they don't want to say from their tongue what they know it is. What they are witnessing is what that little is. man from Georgia, Elijah Muhammad, talked you about. But you don't want to confess that that man, because to confess the reality of the mothership in this plane, there is no way you can sidestep Elijah and Farrakhan. You can't. You wouldn't know nothing about the mothership and the wheels. You wouldn't know nothing about it. That's our, them are hitters. Let me, since you want to go over the edge, I'm going to go over the edge with you. Them are So, hitters, uh, let, let me, yeah, let me, let me, you know, this very evening <laughs> on my way to do this program, the minute I get off of the train, you know, I get that familiar buzz in my ear and it says, look up, and I'm looking at it. And it's, it's just enormous right now in the sky, you know? And I'm like, talking about a population of people who believe that someone is going to come out of the sky to rescue them. But they don't look up. But right now in the sky, there's an object that is giving off 
an energy. It's not even a light. It's an energy coming from that particular object. You know what I'm saying? If you right. would only right. divorce yourself from fear, people, you have cover. You have cover. Right, right. But you don't right. have the but heart to, to get busy, them. so you will right. never marry yourself to that. Absolutely. But I do have to qualify something, qualify the language. Brother Wesley mm-hmm. Muhammad is not one who has attached himself to a belief in something coming from the sky to save us. This Islam is self-salvation. We got to work oh. and fight. I got to make myself God now. We got back. See, that's what that is. No, no, brother. I'm we not. Gotta, I wasn't making reference us, to you, my brother. Back. I'm saying that. No, 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 yeah, no, no. I they know say you that, weren't. But, but yeah. people will automatically assume that. So I just want to clarify. Okay. No, I know you want. I want to clarify. What those hitters are, those are hitters. That's our back, man. That's our, forget the language, but that's our goons, right? We can call them our goons. Those are goons. And when they pop off, yeah, we got goons, dude. But we here on the ground, we fighting, man. I don't, I don't spend my days planning for the hitters to come down. I spend my days planning to throw some damn hits <laughs> myself. And I do Indeed. it joyfully because I know I know about the back I got. I know about the Indeed. Back. You know what I'm saying? Um, ye of little faith, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I really implore you just to dig a little bit deeper and open up your conceptual visualization to receive. You know what I'm saying? Stop being so Indeed. tight-fist. Open your hand up and receive. Indeed. You know, you niggas... You have already lived however many many years of your life running off of a program that is fueled by a mythos, by right. fantasy, right? Whether you Real know thought. it or not, or are willing to, uh, uh, you know. But now there's something tangible that is in the sky for you to see that you can't make sense of. Use that right. as your mythos. Just be like, right. I know that they're here to hold me down. You feel me? And go right. all the way in. Right. Divorce yourself right, from fear. But, 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 marry yourself that, to that yeah, concept. Right, but 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 I would caution against that. See, I hate all mythos. Right. Let me let me tell you something about me, beloved. My my journey to Islam. You know, folks know that no, I was an atheist. I started studying everything. Started studying Islam, but I was but I needed to prove it. I wasn't going to accept teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Until everything that was given to me, I could make intellectual sense out of. I saw, I acquired intellectual, academic, empirical validity for. So I went through, was was able to bear witness and get evidence for all of them. There were two things that were the holdout, Yakub and the mothership. I didn't have evidence for them. Yes. Now, and I wasn't going to commit. I could, what? No. Wills it? No. Again, I'm an atheist. I'm incredulous. I don't do religion like that. And I never will again. Not to do. I needed intellectual, empirical evidence. Those are the holdouts. Yes. The mothership, it wasn't until Timothy Goods, the above top secret, fell into my hands. 
and I had the empirical evidence of the governments of the world not only recognizing the very plane and its fleet that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught about, but that the governments of the world engaged in battle, losing battles with the fleet that the governments of the world engaged in or initiated duplication programs to duplicate the technology of the ship and produce one for themselves. Once I got the overwhelming empirical evidence of the reality of the will, was I able to say, okay. And so I say that to say I don't encourage folks who are inclined to mythos to trade a Christ mythos for a mothership mythos. No. Get the mothership the reality. Don't even damn the mythos. Grow out of that. If you are going mm-hmm. to accept the mothership, and you should, because it's real. The mothership, there is more, it takes more faith, more blind faith to disbelieve in the mothership than it does to believe, because the empirical evidence it's overwhelming. It's a reality. But I behoove, I would behoove us to accept the mothership, the reality. What is popular in conscious ciphers is a twisted, spookified version of the mothership. You make it all uber celestial and it's a serious and it's flying around the Darians and, and, and all of a spooky version of Ethereum and all that. Man, stop playing. Stop making every excuse to sidestep Elijah Muhammad. You accept the mothership, and you should, but accept the mothership, the reality, not the mothership, your own created fantasy. Stop playing, man. Not you, Luke, you red deal. But you, right. Mr. Conscious, who over-celestialized this very terrestrial ship, because the mothership is terrestrial. It can, it can go celestial, but it's a terrestrial machine. It's built on Earth. It's terrestrial. Stop over-celestializing oh. it. Indeed. Steve, family. All right, so yes, we do advise the family to, you know, step outside and see for yourselves. You know what I'm saying? It's only one sky. You know what I mean? If I can see it here, they can see it in Baltimore. That's real. That's real. And then when you you come in, set yourself on the path that will lead to you getting the training necessary to fight the fight that that ship and its flyers, its fighters, its hitters will play support on, but we got to fight. We got to do, we got to get trained. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a direct transmission in 20, I want to say it was 2010, and it was clear, you know what I'm saying? They was like, yo, ain't nothing going on without you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, lifting the foot and lifting the finger, don't think that we're going to yeah, intercede man. on your behalf. It's like you have to show no fear. You got to go all yeah. in. They was like, well, tell us, 
It's like if we was to immobilize the adversarial forces for y'all, if we was to make their bullets inoperable and their guns and their machines and all of these things, would you fight them, niggas? Right, hmm? right. Is that right. what you need? Right. Is that right. the sort of cover that you need? But right. that now you're compromised because if they have to give assistance on that level and you right. got to do that to get busy, then you didn't really win. You know what I'm saying? This whole shit is about you overcoming fear. That's all it is. This is an illusion, like an after earth. You feel me? This animal, this beast that you're talking about is illusionary. And the only way that they are able to maintain a level of quote unquote dominance over you is by fear. And outwardly, you fear lead. You fear Saturn. You fear the very energy that Uh, they're pulling their energy from to dominate you. You know what I'm saying? They have you on the lock and key with the bullet. That's real. And by proxy, you fear them. So when you get over those fears, you know what I'm saying? As we see these young brothers in Baltimore are over that fear. They're facing those bullets. This is the most terrifying moment that this country has ever experienced. Trust me, they are shaking. Yes, they are. They are shaking in their boots. They know what that means. They They know what that means. Those high school students very differently than how the masses of us read them or are condemning them. The powers that be in this country read them very differently, and they were shook and scared because they know what the implications are. Indeed. Um. I want to do and this, that, and, that, and that's why, and that's why them clown right. cops got so discombobulated. They broke range, broke protocol. They started just picking up in their anger, frustration, consternation that these young kids would stone them. Started picking up rocks and throwing them back. Absolutely. You know they look crazy, and yeah, um. They do. I don't, I don't, family, I'm going to say this. I don't mean this in jest. And you're going to have to divorce the image in your head from the actual reference that I'm making because it's not, I'm not calling our people monkeys or apes. But it did look like a scene out of Planet of the Apes when Caesar and and, and, and his troops was advancing on them. You know what I'm saying? Divorce yourself from that image of I'm not calling our people that even though it was a story about our inevitable rebellion. Right, you know man. What I'm Caesar. Caesar was gangster. Caesar was gangster. Caesar was gangster. Let's keep it all the way tall. <laughs> Caesar was gangster. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, when I saw that footage, I was oh, man. shit, this is something. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, real. <laughs> I had to qualify it, you know. I just said people's people very touchy. But Caesar was gangster. <laughs> Caesar was gangster. Let's get that oh, understood. Ran up in the Moorwoods Forest, yeah. Yeah, man. You um, know, I actually uh, went there last year. That's a mystical place, family. You know what I'm saying? That's a mystical place, man. There's all sorts of family waiting for you to come out of your fear. You know what I'm saying? The tree mm-hmm. family. No, all of them. They all wait for you to come out of your That's fear real. and stop. Did you, stop did you doing see the what you're, you you're, you're told to do? I seen you guys the see that movie, The Happening. 
see, that that's Indeed. real. You you're right. The very vegetation is waiting for us. Yes. To come very out vegetation, of our nature. The vegetation. We you we know? got booms among the vegetation. If we were just but when we're ready to fight, all of the life all around us will come to our aid. The very vegetation and when white folks put that movie out, the happening, that let us know that they know that yes. there's life and intelligence you know, in vegetation and it could be death uh, healing to them. I have yes, I have friends of mine that are very fascinated by materialism. You know what I'm saying? They are enthralled by our own, you know, and I've identified with people with some of my lectures that the majority of things that we covet that are material are of Roman nature, you know. The the, the the top whip, you jump in or you wake up in the Bugatti, Ferrari, Lamborghini, right. you know, right. Maserati, right. you know, you throw that Armani, right. Versace, you know, uh uh that, that 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 Prada, that all of that, you know what I'm saying? And right. you know, we've associated all of the things that announce our arrival as, you know, all of those things are Roman, the the characters that we've emulated, whether it be Scarface, whether it be Gotti, whether it be uh, you know, the good fellas, you know, all of those are Roman characters depicted by Roman actors. Right. Whether it be Rambo, whether it right. be Rocky, whether all of these things that we've attached ourselves to that, you know, mm-hmm. resemble a level of triumphantness are Roman in nature, you know what I'm saying, for this is That's Rome. And when in Rome, people are implied to do as Romans do, you know what I'm saying, and they mm-hmm. set it up as such. And hip-hop became a vehicle through two students who were uh, Roman Catholic students, Puffy and Biggie, where they were able to usher in the uh, era of materialism and introduce, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the Jesus peace and things of that nature to solidify the deal. Uh, that's a whole nother lecture, you know. So in that particular dichotomy, you know, it has a lot of people that I know convinced that these are the things that they should aspire to. And, you know, they are of an attitude that we ought to go along to get along because the European can't be beat. You know what I'm saying? They say that right. a pipe dreaming and it's just not part of a tangible reality. You know what I'm saying? And I'm spinning my wheels and wasting my time. So, right. Right. You know, with these young brothers that are pretty much, you know what I'm saying, convinced that this is the way that things should be and, you know, the the only way is to cash out and things of that particular nature, you know, they don't really understand the larger ramifications on a planetary level of what's at hand, you know what I'm saying, of you right. saying if you are the fathers and mothers of civilization and you have forfeited that role to now allow your child, you know, to, to, to run the crib, you know what I'm saying, or you letting the infants run the asylum right. and things of that particular right. nature, there are right. species on the planets that are being affected. The water is being affected. Absolutely. The air is being affected. The vegetation Absolutely. is being affected. The insects are dying. Everything is at a degree where it's falling off by the wayside and this planet is very integral in the makeup of this universe. People think that it's insignificant because it's so small, but, you know, need they be reminded that this universe was, you know, created by, uh, from their quote-unquote theory, an object the size of a mustard seed. So let's not talk about size and significance. 
when it comes right. to this universe. We know how significant and you know and, and the text a mustard seed is. So yeah, right. compared Absolutely. to um you know a, a, a red dwarf star, yeah, this is about the size of a mustard seed. Great. You know what I mean? But so is your egg that right. created you. Right. So indeed. So in reality in the, planet, in the cosmos is geocentric. Right. Life the the center yeah. of the universe is here on earth. Don't trip. The black God created himself here on earth. So reality, yes, the, the cosmos is vast and there are objects in the cosmos much bigger physically than the black man, but there is no on earth the black man of earth. But there is no object in the universe more powerful than the black man on earth. The universe is geocentric. In reality. Yeah. So now it's time to step into your role, black man. It's not only, you know, to grab your nuts and say, I've taken control of this and created my own reality and manned up to save my women and my children as if that should be enough. Right. Ultimately, right. you will save nature. Ultimately, you will be responsible for putting the universe back into balance because it's off at this particular point. But this planet of ours suffering from a cancer that it can't um, seem to, if it shakes itself off, and we're seeing the spiritual centers of this planet, such as places like Nepal, the birthplace of Buddha, you know what I'm saying? And we're seeing right. Mount Everest and right. all of these temples collectively being reduced to dust, you know what I'm saying? We're seeing volcanoes, we're seeing avalanches, we're seeing earthquakes, we're seeing all of these things happen simultaneously as we're seeing our people in these very hoods erupting like volcanoes and and shaking the earth like earthquakes. We see the manifestation of earthly events through our bodily actions. You know what I'm saying? I tell people all the time, I turn the playoffs to see what melanin is doing on this planet. Indeed. Okay? (laughs) You can see it. <laughs> That's um, active melanin. Absolutely. Pushing itself to the limit. So, you know, for the young brothers Absolutely. that don't want to entertain this conversation because, you know, you want to hold on long enough to get that Bugatti, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or you want to get that Maserati, like, weigh this shit out, put it on the scale. Is it worth it? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Is it worth it? Is it right. worth you driving a, a Maserati through a, a street that looks like, you know what I'm saying, the east side of right. Baltimore? You feel me? Right. Like, th- th- this whole right. place is about to be reduced to rubble. So your adulation of trinkets and things of that nature, that's not the, the that's, that's not futuristic. That's not how one is to think. Create your own reality. Right. Stop trying to bargain yourself into somebody else's. Because there's a slot, right. and it says underneath every other slot reserved for you. That's where you want to be? Just to say that you made it? Where did you make it to? Right. Well, I would just ask this, though. Let's not get it twisted. Islam guarantees money, good homes, and friendships in all walks of life. And now it didn't promise a Bugatti, but with that money, you could presumably Get a Bugatti. I say that to say, look, man, righteousness does not mandate poverty, 
the black God should live like a God. What we would say to our brothers, and your point is right. See, you can get money, good homes, and friendships in all walks of life without being wicked. You don't, the path that Satan has prescribed for the so-called Negro, the very limited path that he has permitted for you to get money, to get that Bugatti. You are actually not restricted to those lanes. My Islam Mm -hmm. says, I can get, you can get the same luxuries of life and live and demonstrate as a black god. With by taking other routes, that's the point. You don't have to kill right. your people with crack and drugs because that is one of the routes that Satan has prescribed for you. Allah has prescribed Indeed. other ways for you. I, my, my God, my Islam does not mandate poverty. My Islam wants me to, uh, my Islam allows, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. allows me to start. It demands that I at least have whether I want to stun or not. I have stunnable stuff. So I'm not mad at the yeah, brothers yeah. for wanting to stunt. And my Islam does not proscribe or condemn stunting and acquiring those stunnables. But you can't acquire them. You should no longer seek to acquire them to the God's point by the path that Satan has prescribed for you because those paths invariably mean the death of your people and ultimately the death of yourself. If not physically, certainly spiritually. Yeah. yeah. Never once was I advocating uh, poverty. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, no, no, per no, se. I'm just saying, yeah. You're right. The level of adulation in terms of saying, yes, I want to do this instead of that because of this. Yes, sir. It's like, Absolutely. no, you can do that by doing this. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? Boom. Create yes, your sir. own way, though. You know? Yes, sir. Create your own ways. You know? Yes, sir. Stop trying to uh, follow somebody else's ripple. Create your own wave. You know, be that something? dude. True and Very true. quickly, yes. True yeah, now I just wanted to... You hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, we can. Indeed. I just wanted to add on to what it is that Blue is saying. Um, where we're at right now in these days and times, because we're in this digital era, and we're in a whole different ball game, you know. The acquisition of a Bugatti, acquisition of a Ducati, uh, a Maserati, you know, all of the Adis. <laughs> the fact that, you know, real talk. The fact that May second, the fact that May second, all of the, you know, the collective income that's going to converge in Las Vegas. Of the melanated right. of of the of the right. underground circles, street circles, industry circles, all circles are going to converge in one spot, and the amount of money that's going to be spent that weekend. Remember, 
We're talking about Cold Red at this point. We're talking about this is the ninth inning of the Subway Series. You know, so instead of going for the Bugattis and going for those calls collectively, with 20 people coming together with $30,000, they could collectively change the trajectory of this whole movement. That's they could be the catapult. They could be the catalyst. And, I, and when, when I say the whole movement, I want to I want to I want to be more specific. When I say conscious community, I'm, I'm speaking code. You know, I'm only speaking code. I'm talking about the collective. I'm talking about the Avengers. I'm talking about Voltron. I'm talking about a nation. You understand what I'm trying to say? I'm talking about different houses that have come together and have converged and synthesized and formed one world order. You, you feel what I'm saying? A uh, 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 movable force because, keep in mind, we're in a digital, electrified, light age, meaning that numbers and then all of this thing is run by numbers. Numbers mean everything. So what the show represents, with knowing the ledge means versus everything else, Remember, family, you got to pick your dirty glass and your clean glasses when you're in the kitchen. This represents the building of networks. This is nation building. The numbers that your nation represents alone matched with the numbers that other nations represent is your simple solution to every single ailment that you are suffering under in the wilderness of North America, it's all about the numbers, nothing else. The more numbers that you have collectively, that begins. I'm not saying that that's the end or be all, but that's your catapult, your catalyst, and that is your way in to, uh, and, and, and that's your way into history. So take out your, just take out your calculators, 20 brothers, and sisters who have the money to buy a Maserati, thirty thousand or forty thousand, putting that money in a pot and letting that thing turn into something, you know. Real talk. Yeah, then so, anybody could stunt together. We could all drive off the line. That's you know what you're all yeah, that's that's a, exactly. That's and that's and exactly and that's the, the problem, problem. isn't a black man being in a Maserati. The problem is a nigga in a Maserati. You replace that Facts. nigga in a Maserati with a god in a Maserati, then the world is pro- is functioning properly. Properly. I'm mad. I, I'm mad at the person on the Maserati want to drive well. Now, what's really god is when these black scientists come up with our black goddy. And that, that'll really be stunting on them. But until yeah, then, that's I ain't what I'm saying is this, Lord. Exactly. And what, what I'm saying it's is possible with a 3D printer. Yeah. And, yeah, because instead of spending the money, <laughs> instead, of, instead of buying 30 Maseratis or 30 Bentleys or 30 Phantoms, it's those mm. thir- if, if 30 of those people came together and put their money into the fund, into the machine, you could prototype, develop, Come up with multiple lines. You could have a Dugatti. You could have a Phantom plane. Talk mm. about it. You could pro. That's real. Yeah. Water, 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 water. Remember that. Long, so 
Yeah, as long as you could prototype it. We got some. It, hold on, I just want to say because I know the nation has access to them. We got some geniuses out here, man. Yeah, we do. We, we got some geniuses do. out here, straight we up. If, if they do. holler at us the way that they do, I know that they hollering at the family. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and they just not absolutely. promoted right. They just don't have the funding absolutely. that they need. We don't have that three million dollars research and development to put, you know, we need that to, to, to their dreams and their aspirations. They need that R and D. They already got the prototypes, right. blueprints laid out. They just need, you know, right. a little bit of grease to get things going. Right. So right. we got some and, geniuses and out here, man. With the real problem. Now we're confronted with the devil on the ground because we speak of the devil as if he's a boogie man. He's a Illuminati devil. And, 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 you know, he's making a bowl and all of that. And he is all of that. But along with that, white money's interests that go out of their way to make sure that though that, that networking, especially that financial networking that you're talking about, doesn't happen because we tried it and we continue trying it in the nation of Islam. And every single time those efforts are sabotaged because, Satan knows that the worst thing that can happen among black people for him is the marriage of wisdom and wealth. The marriage of wisdom and wealth among black people signals his demise. So they go out of their way to prevent those that network and that financial network, and they isolate the Oprah's. They isolate Jordan's, and they control and threaten them. So that effort mm. to network our moneyed players has been ongoing and continues to be ongoing because your vision is right, but for real, for the real devil shows his hand most frequently and most clearly in that very area. He goes out of his way to sabotage all such networking efforts. But we keep we, we keep trying because he's not going to be successful. Inevitability will strike him just like it struck Jesse Jackson in the McDonald's drive thru Mm-hmm. A Indeed. perfect example of wisdom and wealth. Yes. Uh, Ali and Malcolm X. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And 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 and, uh, and a perfect example of the devil doing what the devil does. Facts, right there. Yes. Let's right. do this, family. Let's go to the uh, phone lines. We do have callers in the building. We have hands up. All right. <clears throat> I want to allow the people. Get the opportunity to, uh, you know, let the voices be heard as well. Chime into this great dialogue. I can, so I can go, I can go to midnight. Just FYI, maybe a little. All right. After. But, but, all right. Yes, sir. Right. Let's open it up. All right. So let me do this. Let me just open up the line for our first caller. Caller from the two one five six zero nine caller. Peace, you and yours. Peace, peace. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Oh, Peace, man, God. thank you. Thank you again. Peace to the gods, man. I didn't, I didn't catch the whole show. You know, I've been on my Picasso. I've been painting, but I looked at the, the clock, and I was like, oh, I got I to gotta catch it. And 
right on time, man. Just just thank you. Like, I, I'm actually at a loss for words. There's so much I want to say, I don't know what to say. But just powerful, man. Just who, thank you for the real talk. Who, who, who you know what I mean? Who is this, Black God? Who, who is this? Uh, my name is uh, Mr. E. Manhattan. Um, I, I follow Peace you on God. Facebook. You know, we, we talk once or twice. I don't know if you remember, but I gave you a recipe for avocado shake. So, yeah, that might be a little, I just little But, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's tell, tell your story. I, my dietary fetish, my guilty pleasures, is ice cream drinks, shakes, and you offended me when you said <laughs> avocado shake. <laughs> <laughs> so I could never forget you because I was so appalled in the gas <laughs> because I have a – I, I don't need avocado. I have an immature palate, as you could probably tell. From that. And so avocado is ugh. And when you said avocado shake, to me, you profane the sacredness of the shake. So absolutely I remember you, beloved. <laughs> Please, please, man. I hope you get around to finding one day, man. It'll surprise you. It'll surprise you. But um, okay, all, you know, all right, all right. You're gonna put me on the spot. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to man up, God up, and give it a try. Yeah, man. Avocado steak. I, I just can't even fathom. I'm gonna inbox you, man. I'm gonna inbox you the recipe again. It's, it's real right, simple, but right. it'll change your life. But um, right. <laughs> I want to know from the. <laughs> I want to know from the pills if I can. If I can, if I can spit some bars, man, because I wrote something a couple months back that's just y'all said a couple things. And I'm like, I uh, hope y'all call on me, man. I just want to do what I do real quick if I can. All right, let's do it. All right. Um, PSA, this this has some strong language, so any sensitive listeners, you know, put me on mute for about thirty seconds. But here we go. Um, none of us asked to be here. We just asked that you be fair. A harsh environment is God's way of telling us to prepare. If we're monsters, then we are what you made us, so beware. It's Freakonomics. The inmates run the asylum, and these Franken niggas are becoming increasingly violent now. Do you blame the creators or the mothers now? When we tired of fighting each other, we're going to burn this motherfucker down. And if you know me, then you know that I don't fuck around. You come around talking nonsense, my God sense will shut you down. No interruption. We rushing to take your captain off. No discussion. We simply about that action, boss. I'm not concerned with your status, dog. Get your timeline deleted when these algorithms start sounding off. And every tower is bound to fall. Every king is sure to die. But Jay told you it's a king to a god. No church in the wild. Peace. 44 gun salute. Uh, that's hot. Uh, that's I had hot. to do it, man. Y'all, y'all said a couple of things. Mom, hold on. Ah. Hold on. So we got to let it go, bro. <laughs> I think we threw a little a little glitch in the matrix with that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you definitely glitched it, but it's no stopping the uh, inevitable. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It Absolutely. dropped unexpectedly like Birch. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, man, thank you all again, man. Like, man, we I'm going to get back to the fire, thing, dog. Man. Hey, I so keep going do. if you want me to. Yeah, it ain't no problem. I, I keep it moving. You want me to spit another one? I'll do that. Here we go. You say what now? I say you want me to spit another one? I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it in, bro. All right. Um, right on time. I'm only here to send you bomb threats. But no response to anything that hinders progress is nonsense. 
people lyrics and the content, no contest. They get shell shocked like a non vet. Let us proceed. The real opponent I ain't found yet. Take heed, my rain dance leave the ground wet. Escape, please, my day loosely, your town drenched. Mr. E gets the crown, yes. And I suffer from a black man is God complex, a forewarned seizure mm. city using small arms, top of the king with an iron fist and a strong arm. Now turn it up, I give it all till my all is gone. Praise the Lord. Uh, Lord. Yes, sir. That's what it is. There we go. Thank you, man. Thank That's you again. Thank, thank you, you man. thank you. I'm gonna finish painting this dragon picture, which I, which I, I believe is a, a sign of things to come. But you know, look out for that. I tag you on it. But the dragon is coming All back. Right. So, peace to the family, man. That's that's what's up. Peace to the family. You got it. Hi, God. Peace. 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 All right. Let's go to the three four seven nine two four. Caller from the three four seven nine twenty four. Caller, peace to you and yours. Hello? Peace. Yes, sir. Peace, God. Peace. Hello? Yeah. Yes, you are live on Know the Ledge Radio. Oh, my bad. It's my first time being on Q and listening to y'all live. Oh, no problem. You know, welcome. And I just wanted to say, I was, you know, I was just listening to my sister, and I was like, his voice is a little off today, and I was feeling your uh, pain, you know. I just want to give out my condolences. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, my brother. Yeah, this is Miku calling from Atlanta. Indeed, indeed. Good, oh, thanks. Do you have any um, comments in regards to... Anything that our brother said this evening or any comments based on things that you observed, you know what I'm saying, based on these uh, last few days and the events that have transpired? Um, yeah, you know, strong comments, but, you know, just with me arming myself with a weapon, I still i am not into that kind of thing, you know, it's, that I just can't understand that, you know. Is that is that what you got from our discussion that we're advocating that you arm yourself with a weapon? Yeah. Is that what you got from me? That sounded like I'm saying. Just, it's, it's, okay, just, just in the the spots I was listening to, it's just right. it's ar- arming myself with a weapon. It's just I I can't, you know. I'm not into it. Well, no. Well, let me let me say when, this. When, I'm a, when did you hear that? Well, it sounded like that's what the conversation was being said to me. Okay. Well, no, that's not what we're advocating, beloved. As a fruit of Islam, under the guidance of the Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan, we have for a while, we don't carry weapons. So if I don't carry a weapon, I would not advocate you or anyone else to carry weapons. I made the point that that don't mean we don't know how to use them when right. <laughs> when the time requires the time and circumstance requires that we do carry weapons. So no, if I if my language was not as precise as it should have been, and I gave the impression that I am advocating that we carry weapons, I absolutely am not. 
Okay. I don't carry a weapon, so I would not encourage you to carry a weapon. Right. Because, you know, there's been times in my life where I could have, and which I didn't. That's why I'm probably still here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Brother, you know, your mind and your ability to formulate your own thought, your own logic, and the ability to decipher, that's your strongest weapon at this particular time because that's what you're going to always need, you know, on safety, on cock, pause. So right, right. We, 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 we do advocate that, you know what I'm saying? You know, right. that you have that um, duly and readied for battle at all times because you're going to need it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally you with know, you. Your, your, your mind is your strongest weapon. Keep that always clean. Keep it all safety, all right? Word, I feel you. I'm a KTL family, so I'm ready. That's just Here we go. All right, family? Thank you. Peace. Thank you, beloved. Peace. Peace. All right. Let's go. We have another caller in the queue. Caller from the 857345. 857345. Caller, peace to you and yours. All right, all right. Blessings and peace to the gods. This is Arafat from Boston. Peace, God. Arafat. Peace. Peace. I want to say salam alaikum to brother to Dr. Muhammad. Wa alaikum salam, black God. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Um, I want to just, you know, first, you know, thank you all for the for the perspective. I've been, you know, trying to get some work done, but also I've been listening, you know, for the whole show and, um, you know, I, you know, actually, I called um, Brother Red earlier today because I was trying to. Um, I really wanted to get some perspective on this whole Baltimore thing and really to kind of, kind of look at the dynamics of it. And um, you know, I felt like, you know, I'm glad that I listened because, you know, it's just I feel like there's so many angles to look at it. You know, thinking of the perspective of okay, as black folks, are we, you know, being baited, kind of saturated with a lot of police brutality in, in order to kind of like um, bait us into acting, you know, responding quickly and emotionally without, you know what I'm saying, being informed yet, without being, you know, uh, before we sort of have the discipline and the organization and the unity, you know. Um, so, but I appreciate the perspectives on, on you know, just really just looking at our youth and kind of being reminded of, you know, just the, the soldier mentality that they have, you know what I'm saying? Even, even re, you know, taking a look, a second look at, you know, when they was backing down the police squad with the rocks and, and everything else. And, um, yeah, so I'm just, you know, I'm kind of just thankful for that, for that perspective. Um, but just in returning to sort of my initial, initial point, do we think that there's any, and this is like an open question, do we think that there's any, um, you know, what what is the larger agenda of of this country in terms of, you know, they're saturating us with the with a, a lot of different sides of the story, 
what, what is your perspective on the media? What do they want more people to think, or what, you know, what is? Are there any agendas that y'all see? Will you have my winning room lecture, brother? <laughs> did, did I not I like do a sufficient time. job of explaining to you not only what the mundane agenda is, but the astrological way that they are enacting the agenda and rolling it out? Did I not tell you that between one blood moon to the next is when we have time as a people to prepare? But this is information for some reason that we don't have. And we think that this is arbitrary. You know what I'm saying? We think that it's happenstance. We think that these people are not playing according to these solar cycles. You know what I'm saying? And moving in according with the, the, the motion of the stars of the skies. So, yeah, they got an agenda. And, yeah, I showed you who exactly is the ones in media that's, you know, enacting it and, and playing it out. And there's a level of provocation that's being taken as place but I also told you that Allah is the best planner. So whose hands could they possibly be playing at the end of the day? If the narrative and the story is there's a chess game playing taking place and there's God on one side and there's devil on the other, who does he get his marching orders? What gets the animation of his body and his moves and his thinking and his thought if there's only one thought in this universe? Mm. So, mm. yes, there's a grand chess game being played, but ultimately it's to move you to your higher purpose. You have to get off your ass and make a move. You have to get into, you know, you have to convert that energy of rage into something more refined where you're changing that coal into that diamond. You know what I'm saying? These mm. are the things that have to be done. Complacency time is over. And the devil mm. is here to put the fire under your ass to make sure that that happens. Mm. You know, mm. we rested on our laurels long enough. We got work to do. It's not about the devil. It's passing through him to save the planets and restore the mm. galaxy as the true and living. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's the throne. Mm. So, All right. yeah, you know, I... That, that, that's what I see, and I and, and and my paradigm allows me to come up with an explanation for it using the fucking number forty-four. Mm. It's that simple to me, and I share that with the family so they can see it as well. Again, not it being a mythos, but I'm gonna tell it in a narrative or a story way where we can receive it as a people to be like, oh, you know, we were always taught to follow synchronicities and similarities and variable coincidences in the universe. But what the hell do you call the law 44? You know, it's a narrative, it's a script, you know what I'm saying? But if they understand something that you don't, then they're taking advantage of us having this lack of knowledge and they're moving with the information. But, you know, ultimately... You know, you are children of the most high, you know what I'm saying? And Valar is the best planner. And I think that, um, you know, victory is always assured to those that are the best prepared. So we just have it. to get our minds right, man. I dig it. This sign in the Quran, it talks about um, basically that. Um, it's talking about, oh, who's it talking about? I'm forgetting exactly. I don't know if it's talking about Adam. But basically that, you know, the... 
the uh, the non-believer. You know, he he'll spark a flame, hmm. and when that flame illuminates everything around him, God will snatch it and leave him in darkness. And as you were speaking, that was what I was kind of thinking about. That's what you know, what this speech reminded me of in terms of, you know, they they they're, they're following an agenda, but what they you know expediting is actually their own downfall. Like like me, you know what I see? I see Baltimore has a un, uh, you know, a uh, 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 uncanny opportunity to build that city again. I say swap this shit and start all over. What use that is a failing, you know what I'm saying, from 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 what we can gather from what we see. And like I said, what we are enthralled by by entertainment and is the fact that it's a failing city. The fact that that's a failed experiment. You know, we're entertained by that shit. We we hold up the hoods that are doing the worst. That's what we love. Nigga, my city got the highest murder rate. <laughs> That's how bad we wear that. You feel me? So why not rebuild Baltimore with cities that are actually I mean with businesses that are actually beneficial to community? Why not build Baltimore with businesses that are part of community? Why not go in there with industry and set up our three D printers and get busy right in the heart of Baltimore? Why not go in there with the Simons and everybody else and you know, the, the the ministers and whoever can conjure up whatever to fight the spirit that's over that city and do battle with it. You know what I'm saying? There's history to that city that's being ignored. That was a breeding ground. That was where they did the slave breeding. That's where the breeders were at. That was the breeding farms. You know what I'm saying? That's where the bucks mm. was at, B. Uh. So there's no coincidence that John Hopkins is there doing experiments based on you know what I'm saying, the sexual nature of that city, things of that nature, and, and, and studying, you know, the injuries of our children and our babies there, preparing them for warfare so they could go overseas and things of that nature. So either you want change or you don't. Now, how the hell do you think we're going to come about change? Change is messy. It's like changing diapers. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm. So... I was um just a quick question for um Dr. Muhammad. Yes, sir. What would you um you know, being in Boston, I'm kinda you know, I've been it's funny, they just aired on the news last night, you know, the the police commission uh, police commissioner analyzing everything that happened in Baltimore and analyzing basically the mistakes of the police and right. saying that Boston would be prepared, you know, um for such a situation because it actually was just an incident in Boston where, you know, you know, shots fired between police and, and a certain individual, you know, and they, you know, basically aired out his car, you know, killed his brother. It's been going, you know, same, same thing is going around all around the nation. Um, but just wondering, you know, in these, in our different States where we're all going through the same thing, you know, how should we stand in, in solidarity either with Baltimore or, you know, be preparing in our own areas? Well, both with a organizational focus on the latter. Like I said, Baltimore is coming to a city near you. Ferguson is coming to 
to a city near you. That's real. That's inevitable. So, again, we don't need to chase down these examples of injustice like we're tornado chasers. We ain't got to. Just stay put. It's coming home. There's going to be Baltimore after Baltimore, Ferguson after Ferguson. So, yes, the objective is to end police murder and police brutality um, and to end the denial of justice to black people. There needs to be a national, <clears throat> excuse me, national effort with Ferguson on, with Tamir Rice in mind, with Freddie Gray in mind, with Eric Gardner in mind, with all of these cases in mind. We have to nationally determine precisely what we want. The guy read Peel raised the question, well, what does justice look like? So we asked the protesters, <clears throat> in Baltimore, uh, you said we want no justice, no peace. What would justice look like for you, for us, there in Baltimore? What would justice look like for us in Ferguson? We have to come to an agreement on the justice we seek nationally, what it looks like and then nationally mobilized to get it. But that national mobilization, the point I made earlier, the national mobilization has to have the, a component that prepares us to fight because there is no agenda that, can, that will be played out that won't involve fighting. So the fact of the matter is, the reason we're going to D.C. on the 20th, we are at the time right now, justice or else, do or die. Mm. Baltimore, there will be Baltimore after Baltimore after Baltimore after Baltimore. And ultimately, this is what the minister has said to us in this real, all of the political language, yeah, we want justice. We need justice. But what we need, our most urgent need, is for the black community to be able to stop people from killing us and our children. See, justice, may well, if our end game is just to get justice, that means we've already gave license for you to kill us. We just want to make sure that when you kill us, we get justice. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our urgent mandate is to stop the killing. Our mobilization must be around protecting black life. Justice is secondary. The preservation of black life is private. So that should be our most urgent mobilizing effort is to prepare ourselves to protect our community. And it is where we are at today, and I'm going to end here. Right now, our women have been so abused. Our children have been so abused. Black men right now, 
must either prepare ourselves and protect our community or commit mass goddamn suicide. <laughs> it is literally do or die right now. We either protect, we the man up and protect our communities or we go out, die fighting to protect our communities or just do the noble thing and collectively in a mass themselves. It would be more <laughs> noble for us to commit mass suicide, to die nobly, than to continue to allow our community to be ravaged, our wives, our women and our children to be slaughtered, and we stand impotent helpless before the world. The time comes where it's better to die than to live under these circumstances. That time is here right now. Wow. Mm. I heard that. I heard that loud and clear. I wanna I just wanna thank you. Yes, sir. Thank I wanna thank you brothers and I really appreciate I mean thank you, everything Black God. everything you are doing. Thank you, Black God. Thank you for everything that you're doing. You know what I'm saying? You keep that portal open in Boston for us to come up there and speak to the family in the north as well. That's vital. So, you know, we definitely look forward to our return because a lot of things kicked off in Boston. So, uh, you know, I can't wait to get back there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The family's waiting. And, um, you know, this this is the time, like like the brother said. So, um, you know, we look forward to having you back soon. Dr. Yes, Wesley as well. Right. We... Um, we definitely remember when Dr. Wesley came and set it down at Rockford Community College at the Reggie. Oh, Center. praise the Lord! So, look, were, were you at the house, Lord? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, oh, you know, in, in Boston, I walk right in stride with the with the nation. They they've been, um, you know, it's it's just real. Just like what you were saying, they they're always on the front line, and you know, pretty much, you know, I know anytime I need something and it's really crucial and it's crunch time, they're gonna be in there. You know, right at my side, helping out. So that's right. You I know. appreciate it. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing when I'm back. Look forward to seeing you there, Lord. All right, bless. Peace, my brother. Peace, beloved. Okay. Real quick, I got a um few more hands. Let me just run and open All up right. our brother's line real quick. Four one zero five nine five. Peace, peace. Rye, you in the building? Four one zero five nine five. Cosmo Crack, peace. I keep it moving. Let me go to the eight six zero two one two eight six zero two one two. Call a PC on yours. Yes, greetings, pills. Greetings. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, question, Com- question, comments, or concern? Yeah, that's my first Let's get it, brother. Let's see. Please, the question for a brother is, since you've been part of nation is Islam for a, such a long time, I mean, and this would be a blunt question. I'll take it personal. Mm-hmm. But say, are you a man at this stage in your life for anything you're doing, ready to, like, say, not only sacrifice, but die? If it really I, 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 I'll back up. I, I, 
I'm not making out your words. Start over, please. I said, I said, I was saying, um, as we find the our situation now, and it's going to probably get more heated or worse, depending on how it plays out. But saying, mm-hmm. what the works you do? I mean, are you willing to die if necessary? If it has come, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that, that's the only general question. I'm sorry. No, that that's that's your question. I thought that was a rhetorical setup for your real. No, question. no, I I, I shouldn't really surprised you. No, no, joke, but real talk. <laughs> right. Real talk. My prayer, my sacrifice, my life, and my death are in the cause of Allah. That's my oath. So when I go, because all Black life matters to me. So when I go in the dangerous parts in the city of Chicago and talk to the killers face-to-face, and they element, not in the mosque, in the safety of the mosque, and they element, trying to touch them and try to impart to them that all black life matters and get them to stand down from killing, I know that I might not come home that night because I'm going face-to-face with real killers. If I wasn't really ready to die, then I wouldn't take myself to their element and get up with my people face-to-face, killers face-to-face. My life and my death are all for Allah and the cause of Allah, the rise of black people. You know a man, let me say this, you know a man, not by his friends, by his enemies. You know a man, huh. but whether he's willing to die or not, by the enemies. If you ain't got no enemies, you ain't did no work, man. Mm. If you ain't got any of you, and if you did some work and you claim enemies, I'm going to examine the quality of your enemies. Are they really goons? Is your life really put in jeopardy by the work that you do? My enemies, uh, my list of enemies attests to the fact that I'm willing to give my life because the enemies that I've engendered have called for my life and got the power to execute what they call. All right, all right, all right. Well said. All right. Um, But the blood. Thank you, my brother. I find it that no, I, I've got one question. Oh, okay. I gotta go and get these other callers in okay. before our time runs out. All right. All right. Cool. But I do thank, thank you. All right. Thank, thank you, brother. Peace. Yes. Indeed. Okay, let's go to the four zero four caller from the four zero four nine nine three caller. Peace, you and yours. Hello. Greetings. Yes. Peace. Hi. I was just uh, calling in to give information about the event we have coming up on Saturday. Um, I'm from Atlanta, and we're having an event at uh, the Ralph David Abernathy Church. All right, there were some callers from Atlanta. Um, I just wanted to give the location and the time, and the purpose of the event is basically to have a memorial service for all of the black lives that have been lost due to police brutality and things like that. Yes. So it's going to be on uh, uh, April 2nd at 12 o'clock noon. Uh, it's April 1 2nd? to 9. 
No, and it can't it's possibly um, be. May second, you mean or April second? No, May second. May second. <laughs> I'm sorry. May second okay. at right. twelve noon. Um You know, I just was reading this article where they said that there's parallel universes because of the Big Bang. They said <laughs> our timeline is going forward and there's another timeline going back. Oh no. So I'm like, is this a call from the future <laughs> past back where I just got out. We were talking about the mothership earlier. Sure did. All right. I'm sorry. And you did seriously intellectually consider this. I bear witness that you entertain a parallel universe because you surely sounded like you, you chewed it up. You tried to make sense of it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just... Okay. Um, it is, the address is 1292 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. Southwest Atlanta, yes. Georgia three zero three one zero. And um, what time is it starting? You said twelve o'clock noon. All right. Now, are there any contact numbers just in case anyone in the audience wants to get directions or more information? Would there be vendings, things of that nature? Um, vendings? I don't think so. Think so. I'm not particularly sure, but I can give you the number. To call. Uh, it's 404-747-6042. Okay. All right. And then I Thank had you. One, we appreciate it. Yes. Okay. One question. On. You mentioned something about the number 44. Could you give me, like, the place to go and look that up just to see, like, more about what it means? Uh, yeah. Law44.com. Okay. Okay. And then I also was wondering, um, what you all um have you all considered like the FEMA camps that have been set up and like the caskets that they have? I was wondering if um anyone thinks like the media is promoting this um, you know, police brutality agenda in order to like get black people like all stirred up and everything so that they can have a reason to like implement martial law or anything like that. I, I would say that there's some element of that. Absolutely. They have an agenda to m- marshal us in the concentration camps, and they have their various pretexts um, and excuses to do so. Um, you know, I, I think the killings, the increased killings that we have seen is a an organic display of the angry white man in America. The American white man is genuinely angry. Uh, he's his and his he genuinely hates Obama, for example. And he is unleashing he can't touch Obama though he wants to and um it, it, Obama the Secret Service has made Obama the most touchable president in our history. Um, But most angry white men can't touch and unleash their rage on him, but they can unleash their rage on the average black man. So what the killings we see, I think, are are born from genuine hate from this angry white man. And now the 
denial of justice. You know, Ferguson, there there may be some of that at play there because with Ferguson and Darren Wilson, the that miscarriage of justice was so elaborate. It was so sophisticated. That was, quite frankly, an impressive display. The way they cleared Darren Wilson, the step they took to clear Darren Wilson uh, is, is remarkable and impressive in a grotesque sort of way. Was that clear, Darren Wilson, or did they have bigger plans involved? Because that was an elaborate conspiracy to clear him. What mm-hmm. was that state there? Was it just clearing Darren, that particular white boy, or was there a bigger plan? We know that the Ferguson police are heavily militarized, so that in Ferguson, that particular miscarriage of justice could have could have been part of the bigger plot, dear sister. Um, I can see that. Um, I'm sure some of that exists, but I do think that the killings we see are born from gen- the genuine hate from this angry white man and his innate desire now given vent to eliminate his chief rival on this planet Earth, which is the black man. Okay, that makes sense. I was just, you know, thinking, you know, where is this going as far as, like, you know, all these um, news reports about the killings? Because I know, like, black people didn't just start dying. So I'm always just, you know, thinking a step ahead, like, you know, what's the agenda? And so okay. yes, I was just to see what you about it. Thank you for the question, beloved. No problem. Yes, thank you. All right. Let us take one last call. Okay, we're going to go to the 215-285-215-285. Caller, peace. All right, we're going to skip past that caller and go to the 858-999-858-999. PCU yours, welcome to the ledge. Okay. They might they might be in the streets. I don't know the NB more. What's going on? Let's go to the eight six two seven five four eight six two call up PC you and yours. And uh Why would they, why, you know, why would you press one on your phone if, <laughs> oh, nonetheless, yes, yeah, let me try Raku one last time, 410-595, Paul, are you there, Raku, peace. Peace. All right, I'm going to leave things be, you know what I'm saying? Must be time to conclude. 
So indeed, enough has been said. We've exhausted the airwaves, laid it all out. So we want to give our resounding thanks and gratitude for you taking time out of your evening oh, to join I us here on the ledge. Spread this I truth. always enjoy building with you guys. I appreciate Notre Ledge Radio. Peace to God. Indeed. You, you, you're thoroughly appreciated over here as well. All right. Let me see. I think the 858 is ready. 858 Are you ready? Peace. Yeah, I'm ready. How do I say? Peace. Peace, family. Hey, I just wanted to say, I heard the caller say something about martial law. Uh, don't really get too wrapped up when it comes down to worrying about America going into martial law. They can't. You got to um, you gotta speak directly into your phone. You got us on speaker? Okay. Do I sound better now? There we go. Yes, absolutely. Okay. What I, I just wanted to comment on about uh, the threat of martial law in this country. It, it's not a real threat. Because uh, what they really did was they put all the uh, poor people on the front line with the weapons. So because we pay our police officers so cheaply and we pay our military so cheaply, we won't have anybody to enforce those laws. So if the rich and the super upper class people want to try to force us to impose martial law, I'm a United States Marine, force us to impose martial law, then you're telling me to go get my family and round them up. It's not happening. And and the that's what I feel even about the National Guard. I'm like, those people are from you know, the community, and they've seen enough of this BS to not really fall for the propaganda, I would hope. They won't. They won't. We are the main ones that want everybody to have guns. You know, you go to a police officer's house, he got five, seven guns. You go to the military member's house, five, seven guns in there. We're not, we're not we're collecting up people's guns. We're the first ones to exercise our right. And then you're going to tell us to go grab our families up and put them in. It's not happening. Ain't nobody that's rich went and got joined the military for $19,000 a year. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. Or how uh, much they paying law enforcement officers starting out. So, I mean, most of these, in most places, it's under 30000 a year starting out as a law, law enforcement officer. So, you know, you ain't got, you know, people ain't, ain't falling for all that, man. Nobody's doing martial law. The wrong people got the guns right yeah. now to do that. And who's but, going to see all of the Marvel movies coming out? Come on, y'all. <laughs> hey, but I, hey, would you would you just say though they about the National Guard? Oh, I want to speak on that. Speak on the National Guard though, because they put should have put the National Guard in first, because the National Guard is not part of that external enemy force <laughs> like the police are. So they should have just said, "Hey, National Guard, y'all come in, and y'all keep the peace." instead of letting the police officers, the ones that everybody's hating, because they're the ones killing them out there. And I'll tell you right now, when I was in the district, they would bring the National Guard into our our, our neighborhood. That's how many bodies was dropping back in the 90s. And they'd bring them in. Nobody mm-hmm. get mad at the National Guard. They just regular dudes standing out there. It wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? It's not viewed the same as the police officers. It's not, yeah. So... I just wanted to speak on that, man. The, the National Guard. I mean, yeah, I appreciate martial that. law ain't a real threat. Appreciate track. that insight. Hey, y'all keep doing what you're you know doing, what uh, brother. Uh, brother Muhammad, man. I, 
I, I, I yes, really sir. didn't know what it was about, but it was real good. Listening to you, I'm going to check you out. I was just on your page looking at some of your stuff out there. So you just you just uh, made a new follower. Keep on doing what man, you Man, I appreciate you, Black God. Thank you, Black God. I appreciate you, man. Hey, I'm right here listening, man. Y'all take care. Keep doing what you do. All right, peace, God. Indeed, give thanks, brother. Peace. Peace, yes, indeed. Yeah, get, glad we got that clarified. Like I said, man, Hollywood gave you the Marvel itinerary to 2018. You think they're spending them billions of dollars on these movies and nobody's going to go see? True, indeed. <laughs> That's real. That's real. <laughs> yeah. But um, like I was saying, <clears throat> we appreciate you, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, I know that this show is going to do what it's intended to do in regards to, you know, bringing more clarity to our listeners, the people out there that are looking at images on TV and, you know, just need further understanding, you know what I'm saying, as well as inspire some young men to walk into those, uh, you know, those, 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 those mosques, yes, you know sir. what I'm saying, and, um, or not, again, you know, make all men and boys join the FOI doesn't mean make all men and boys join the mob. No, sir. Yeah, when I... When I when so I, we when want I, training. I was yes. looking for another word, you know, if not mobs, where do they go and actually, you know what I'm saying, we check in there? Right, right, right. We come into you. You can yeah, come yeah. to the mob. You can come to the mob, but... You right. don't necessarily have to join the mosque, and we come into yeah. you. The field mosque is in effect. We get in that shit. That's what I do. I'm rarely in the mosque. I'm out in the field, so I'm yeah. gonna get that. Yeah, shit. man. I, I think that me, you know get every me. everybody would benefit from more of a presence of the nation, especially now. This is wonderful marketing, and I don't mean that you know, and and a uh. Right, right, no, um, yeah, you know, this is America, and I, in my conversations, I constantly say a lot of things are what they are because they were, they were properly marketed. They were successfully marketed to people as children. You know, Western and Westerners were marketed to us for white male uh, psychology, you know what I'm saying, being part of our psyche, you know what I'm saying? These things were yes, properly sir. marketed. They did one hell of a job. Barbies are properly marketed to our children. I'm not saying it's a okay. I'm just saying, look, this should, look at the effects. It's properly marketed. We can see a, an effective marketing plan and campaign. You know, we can identify what we're looking at. So this is an effective marketing campaign. You know, to appeal to the minds of the masses of the children who want to do something different and want to stand up and are identifying the strength that they see in brothers that don't have rags hanging out of their pockets or pistols in their waistband. There must be something strong coming from the nation if the, you know, if the homies respect it, if the police respect it. In the middle of it all, the nation is keeping the peace. So that's a strong message. It's being broadcast globally. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. Tell J-Elect the time is now. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are telling them that. He's getting that message loud and clear. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Brother Blue. Yes. I want to share a message that uh, I just received on my phone from Baltimore. 
Yes. This is our brother Harambe. You know, brother Harambe, who used to have the pictures on one, two, fifth, correct? Yes. All right. So that this is the message he sent me. Peace when I've never been a talker. I'm an artist that express myself through visuals and film. My auditory skills suck, but I will tell you this. You can relay it for me on Blog Talk. I made my living in the hood since the 80s from Bedside to 42nd to Harlem and now to be more. The last nine to five I had was when I was 16 years old. I now make my money in the hoods of Baltimore and I see everything that goes down. Be more is a city that time forgot. It literally looks like the same as the burnt out Bronx of the 80s. Rows and rows mm-hmm. of burnt out buildings. It's been this way since the 80s, no development. The youth are really misguided warriors. They're fearless. That's why you see them banging on the beach. You don't see that much state to state. Right now, as I speak, you could get, you got a curfew that they're really enforcing like apartheid South Africa of the 70s and 80s. If you're out after 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. without official papers from your employer explaining why you're out, then you're going to jail. I make my money during them times, but I don't have no employer, so my shit is fucked up until this curfew is lifted. This really brings back to mind all the lessons of Brother Shaka Zulu and Azazel was given about emergency preparedness, and it really makes you realize that they could really crush us when they're ready. That's why we really got to train in survival skills. Be more is really ready for polite Dick Gregory, A.A. Rashid, Red and Blue Pill, Dr. Sadie, Seti, etc. They got that real warrior spirit in them, and they untouched. Holler when you're ready for to put in that workout here, and I'm going to make it happen. Peace more. And he also said, also apart from the official National Guard, they got private mercenaries walking around just itching the body someone. Shit feel real strange out here. I can't explain. You got to be here to see it. News media ain't showing half of what's going on. A lot of agents out here feeling the fire of the already frustrated youth. It's like this is a test or something. And that's from my brother Indeed. right on the ground in Baltimore. Brother Harambe, and we'll get an update on our next show. Absolutely. You know, I had a um, some callers calling in from Baltimore. I saw them in the call queue during the length of the conversation. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, they weren't on. When we got to Q&A, they probably had to get back out and in the streets. So there's more information to come. You know, there's more behind-the-scenes coverage that's coming as well. You know, I intend to get down there myself. So, you know, family, um, stay tuned. You know what I'm saying? This is ongoing, but we, 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 yeah, we, we got a beautiful start here on this particular yes, evening, and our brother represented well for the nation. We salute you. Oh, All right. Praise I salute you back. Praise the Lord. Indeed. Peace to the gods. Peace, God. All right, family, I'm leave us with this selection. Okay, did I um, put together one of my spoken word pieces dealing with this information, dealing with this situation? All right, this is called Raising in the Sun. My people are not strong enough to let go of the dream that no longer provides them strength. A dream deferred with a rotten stench. 
My people are buckling under the weight of this dream that has become such a heavy burden that five-year-olds literally have to have the might of Hulk Hogan to hold on and hold up this crumbling dream. We have ushered our family to a burning house in hopes of finding this dream. And we are now so deep in a house, it's virtually impossible to get out. The ceiling is collapsing and we are using our youth as shields to absorb the blunt force trauma from this collapsing beam. Buckling under pressure, eroding from exposure to the elements, weakened from within. An infrastructure that has been molested by the molars of mechanized nanotermites as if they had their national convention there. You can rise from butler to president of this house. America will find a way to remind you, though, you still a nigga, boy. In this house, you can rise through the ranks of being America's boy to America's dad. Primetime entertainment in the big room. America will still find a way to remind you, you still a nigga, boy. You can go from mammy of the house to first lady of the house. And America will fix her big fat mouth to remind you and your children, you still a nigga, boy. Funny thing is... This the house you built. And those unruly house guests are just visitors from out of town who have overstayed their welcome. But these some savvy tourists. They found where you hid the deeds and they put their best forgerers on the job. And now they got the nerve to try to show you the door because they found them some Mexicans willing to do the shit that you once did with no hassle. They ain't about to be waving no deeds in the face of these usurpers. Telling them to tread water back to Europe. Oh no. They know the Mexican will settle for a room in a house that they can all pile into on some Airbnb shit. Even had the nerve to call them dreamers while they reinforce the stereotype that Joe Babies are America's nightmare, worthy of death by firing squad. So, again, what happens to a dream deferred? What happens to the unique vision of our future by our future dreamers? How long are we to trade or forfeit our dream of a better tomorrow for a cookie-cutter version of a dream that is not realistic? Is it not a movie prop like Pleasantville? The white picket fences? Or are you still invested into this dream? If you were evicted out of the big house and had to live in a treehouse, would that strengthen the roots of our family? Is this burning McMansion with mega rooms tricking us to believe just because the fire hasn't reached your wing of the house that it's not on fire? Oh, that's just them burning, huh? What becomes of a dream deferred? What consequence does the constant non-stop loop of seeing Mike Brown's body undone, drying up like a raisin in the sun as the blood careens down the street and life retreats into the clouds? What does this do to the psyche of a child? Seeing Eric Garner, a gentle giant, being dealt the most aggressive of treatments on camera at that, but being told what you saw was not a crime. Unfortunately, this was not only a signal to the police around the world, or the militia, or the vigilantes, or anyone with a nigger gripe, but also to your children who mimic behavior. It won't be too long before a song hits world star or a clip hits fine with one of our own applying a chokehold. Remember the children have to laugh to keep from crying. Keep in mind. What you feed to the subconscious before closing your eyes becomes a reality you project when you go to sleep. It's time to wake up and stay woke in order to dream a new dream. Babies, watch. Watch.